0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster.
1: Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
2: 77 WABC. This is Sit Friends in the Morning. So
3: no, I get by with a little help from my friends.
4: Today, my- i the bulwark of global security and stability as it's been for more than seven decades. NATO is stronger, more energized, and yes, more united than ever in its history. Indeed, more vital to our shared future. Soon NATO will be the 32nd freestanding, have free 33, 32 freestanding members
5: standing together to defend our people and our territory. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here, waiting for the call, with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director?
6: I'm not going to get into commenting on that.
5: You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? 41%
2: 41% of New Yorkers say they have never been so on edge about their own safety. Why do New Yorkers feel that way?
1: Well, let's think about it for a moment. How do they start their day? Uh, they start their day picking up the, uh, the news, uh, the, the morning papers. They sit down and they see some of the most horrific events that uh, may happen throughout the previous day. Uh, it plays on your psyche. We're clear on that. Uh, but my mission is to move people from what they felt to what they're feeling tensions rising in Hollywood as Hollywood major
5: studios and the union that represents 160,000 actors face up deadline for a new contract.
7: Now, if the actors walk out, they will join an ongoing strike by writers that hasn't happened since 1960. When the season ended, um... I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor, the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, the day is not today.
0: crazy
8: No, know, Louis, how much I love this song, Love Grows, Where My Rosemary Goes. This goes out to Peter King. His lovely wife's name is Rosemary. But as the song is playing, and I'm kind of singing it to myself, I must admit that I've been really spending my time the last 90 seconds trying to figure out exactly what the mayor was saying to Rosanna Scotto. On Channel 5 yesterday, talked about crime in the city and how folks feel unsafe. And the mayor, Eric Adams, answered that and gave his take on what that's all about. And I've been trying to figure out exactly what he meant. You know, the more I think about it, we played a cut in the open, two from Joe Biden in Lithuania, where he was trying to say there are 32 free standing members, but he had a very difficult time figuring out the number, and it occurred to me that most of the time when Joe Biden speaks, I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, no idea. And then it occurred to me later on in that open that at least lately, maybe longer, when the mayor, Eric Adams, speaks, I have no idea what he's talking about. So we're going to play a little game here in the very first segment. This is going to get you guys hard out there with Lewis and Noam Laden, everybody. We're going to juxtapose Joe Biden trying to say 32 freestanding members and the mayor trying to explain away what he believes is a perception of crime, and then you guys have to decipher for me exactly what these guys meant to say. Lewis, are you up for the task? And I'm um, excited. Okay, Noam, are you up for the task? I think I am. Justin's too dumb, he can't play. All right, so here we go. <laughs> lucky <laughs> lucky him, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah. So Joe Biden, we'll start with him. He's in Lithuania. He's been there the last couple of days, all these NATO talks, you know. And he's trying to say 32 freestanding members. This is the President of the United States, folks. This is not a joke. Lewis, cut number four.
4: Soon, NATO will be the 32nd freestanding, have free, 33, 32 freestanding <laughs> yeah, He's laughing at himself standing together to defend our There's people on okay. our territory. All right,
8: all right. Tough time. Even he laughed at himself there. He knew that he was having a very difficult time. So that's uh, that's Joe Biden. Now, here we go once again, courtesy of Channel 5, locally Fox, my friend, my dear friend, Rosanna Scotto, talking to the mayor about the crime issue in this city. And the mayor explains how New Yorkers, uh, really basically this is perception, and he's going to figure it out. So this would be Cut Lewis number 12.
2: of New Yorkers say they have never been so on edge about their own safety. Uh, 87% 87 of New Yorkers think crime is either a very or somewhat serious problem.
1: Why do New Yorkers feel that way? Well, let's think about it for a moment. How do they start their day? Uh, they start their day picking up the, uh, big the news, uh, the, the morning papers. They sit down and they see some of the most horrific events that uh, may happen throughout the previous day. Uh, it plays on your psyche. We're clear on that. Uh, but my mission is to move people from what Was they it? felt right. to what they're feeling. Yeah. And right. no one can take away the fact this city is humming uh, as you walk the All streets. Right, thank you, go to uh, thank Mr. Mayor. All, All right. right. So,
8: no, let's start with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here's me. <laughs> The mayor right. is to to move people from what they felt to what they're feeling. Right? What exactly is that? <laughs> you know, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so, so you don't feel any better after that back and forth, no, Scott? Yeah. You don't feel like he's got a pretty good hold of the issue in this city, the issue. You know, Joe Biden, I think, might have made
9: more sense at NATO. Yeah, so, believe yeah. it or not,
8: Joe Biden may have made more sense uh, because he just did one of his, you know, daily
10: flubs. What about you, Lewis? I'm writing. I'm writing the sentence out so I can actually <laughs> yeah. see it. Move people from, from what, what they, they feel, felt. No, no, oh, what, they oh, felt. what they felt. Now that's why yes. it doesn't make sense. Okay. To so now. Right. What they're feeling. What they're feeling yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it's grammatically correct. <laughs> I'm just look, uh, move people from what No, I don't I I I, I don't know. I well here's gets it gets really
8: even worse for the mayor, Eric Adams. And I've got all these friends, Eleonora, Srugo. Everybody knows I'm friendly without any remorse with both Frank and Anthony Coron. I love those guys. We're trying to defend the mayor. But you know the mayor is having a rough day. But he tries to explain away crime by, well, you know, you're watching the news, you listen to Sid, you hear all the bad stories. You know it's bad when the DA, this fat, stupid loser who spends most of his days and nights trying to figure out how to put Donald Trump away and not the real criminals on the streets in New York, Alvin Bragg, he was also on Fox 5 New York, was on his Scotto show. And he says when his family travels, he's actually nervous. Sorry, Mr. Mayor. Here's your friend,
11: Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg Lewis, cut number 13. I know the statistics that transit crime is down, but when one of my family members gets on the train, I, too, get a knot in my stomach.
8: Yeah, but if one of your family members is on the train, and I say, God forbid, I don't like Alvin Bragg. I find him to be detestable. But God forbid, I mean this, something happens to his family member. I think he would treat that perp, that criminal, a lot different than he does every other criminal here in New York that attacks all of us that he seemingly doesn't care about. But when his family, this fat bastard, when his family is on the train, he gets a knot in his stomach. Mr. Mayor Eric Adams, what is your response to the Manhattan D.A.? who says despite your numbers, his family is even nervous. What would Adam's response be?
10: Well, we're going to have to move Alvin Bragg from how he feels to to what he's now
12: feeling. Now,
10: he wakes up in the morning, and he's not on the train. So when he feels like he's on the train, we got to move him to how he would feel if he was on the train. And that would mean, uh, you know, you're starting your day not on the train. (laughs) You have it. That's how it goes. I mean... (laughs) If you feel like you're gonna be in a crime, then you, we gotta move you to how you're gonna feel when you're not in a crime. <laughs> That's how I would feel about that right Thank now. You. Thank hey, you, yeah. Mister Mayor. Yeah. Well, I, I'm here when you need me. <laughs> you no need thanks. Me. Okay. Yeah.
8: So, uh, Rita Cosby came up for me last night. I guess uh, some caller called into Rita Cosby show last night, and there seems to be this this ongoing thing where my detractors who listen to every word I say. We've been over this a million times. So they can no longer say Sid's not great on the air. Sid doesn't have a great show. They can't say it because the numbers make them look stupid. We're number one by a mile. No morning show here for decades has enjoyed this success. No one's even come close. We are destroying the field. So when they go, oh, the show's not, not as good anymore, and well, they just sound stupid. So now they stopped doing that. Now it's just Sid's a narcissist. Fine. Okay, great. I'm a narcissist. You're right. I'm great. The show is great. We're number one. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm a narcissist. Is LeBron James a narcissist? (laughs) Is that a real question? (laughs) Is Donald Trump a narcissist? How can you possibly be critical of me and say you love Donald Trump? How? How? He's the biggest narcissist God ever created, but who cares? He's the greatest president we've had in quite some time, maybe since Reagan, maybe ever. Same thing with me as a radio host. Who cares? But some of you envious people out there, you wake up every day miserable. Maybe Eric Adams is right. And so to get through the day, you got to hate on somebody, so you call me a narcissist. So some guy called into our reader show last night. And uh, my girl Rita, that's my girl Rita right there. She stepped up big for me. This is uh, the Rita Cosby Show from last night, Lewis. Cut number
13: 17. Hey, Stan, how you doing? You got visions of grandeur,
14: bro. You want to see yourself on the radio. You elevate your voice, Okay. You're sickening, and uh, you must be related to Sidney Rosenbaum or Rosenberg, whatever his name is.
4: We so said, why don't
3: you downshift on your routine, okay, Stan? Wait, wait, wait! wait why are you going after why are you going after Sid, my buddy said, Why are you going after him? I'm not going after him. I just said, you know,
15: he's got a, he's narcissistic, and as uh, Stan is narcissistic.
3: Oh, I by the and way, by the way, a- by the
0: way, and I will defend Sid. I love Sid. Sid yes. and I, Sid and I. By the way, uh, for the record, everybody, where he's talking about Sid Rosenberg, who does the morning show on W abc sid and friends sid and i used to share an office together um and, and so i love sid he's a great guy and he's a character
8: i love you too thank you uh let's move on to this chris ray story Rita cosby from downtown uh chris ray the fbi director on the hill yesterday getting grilled by the republicans i guess uh, you'd have to agree Noam laden that matt gates was the Republican MVP yesterday out of the great state of Florida? Yeah,
9: if you were going to pick a
2: bite of the
9: whole hearings, that would be the one. One where he says, uh, why are you protecting
8: the Bidens, right? Yeah. All right, let's play that. This is uh, Matt Gates out of Florida hammering FBI director who should be fired, at the very least fired, if not put in jail. I mean that. Christopher Ray Lewis. Matt Gates. cut
5: number five. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director?
6: I'm not going to get into commenting on that.
5: You you seem deeply (laughs) uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens?
6: Acc- absolutely not. The FBI well, does not answer the qu- has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not
5: or that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you.
8: He's right about that. He goes on to talk about the Biden shakedown regime, once again out of the great state of Florida, Matt Gates, lewis Cut number six.
5: Right there, it says the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach at the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director A., is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee?
6: I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will add. Well, that was a
5: court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on?
6: It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the January 6th But it
5: was. So you didn't. The answer is the FBI has broken so bad. That people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful (laughs) queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime.
8: He is kicking his ass. One more. This is our friend Ron Johnson. He's on this show quite a bit. Wisconsin, Senator. And he brings up the FBI being involved in the COVID lab leak theory. <laughs> Ray ain't having any of this either. This is uh, Louis Ron Johnson out of
6: Wisconsin. Cut number eight. The FBI is not in the business of moderating content or causing any social media company to suppress or censor. That is not what the court has found. What I would also say is, among the things that you listed off, I find ironic the reference to the lab leak theory. The idea that the FBI would somehow be involved in suppressing references to the lab leak theory is somewhat absurd when you consider the fact that the FBI was the only, the only agency in the entire intelligence community to reach the assessment that it was more likely than not that that was the explanation But your for agents, the pandemic. your agents pulled it off the Internet, sir. That's what the evidence in the court has found.
8: Wow. So nobody watched this yesterday. Maybe less people watched the Major League Baseball <laughs> All-Star Game, which Tuesday night did about 7 million people, an awful rating. I mean, the last seven years, every year, the All-Star game goes down, year by year by year. They have to do something about that because eventually Fox and these networks, they're not going to pay millions and millions of dollars to put on something nobody watches. And I didn't watch it. And I love sports. I didn't watch one second of it and have not in many, many years. So let's not kid ourselves, okay? No one's watching Chris Ray on Capitol Hill outside of the folks that are in this business I grabbed 10 people on 3rd Avenue right now. Only one even knows who Matt Gates is. I promise you that. But, but, in our little world here, it's a big deal. So my question to you, Norman, is because you cover it, Christopher Wray, FBI director, when it's all said and done yesterday, does he come off somewhat truthful or a liar?
9: I don't know about that, but what I can say is how many times do we see these hearings and then really nothing comes Nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing.
8: These hearings, nothing happens. All the uh, you know, the Democrats doing all these things, these horrible things, Hillary, Andrew Cuomo, Jim Comey, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Even with Donald Trump, we've been over this, these last two indictments. And oh, this one, according to Ralph Napolitano Ralph, excuse me, Andrew Napolitano and Arthur Idano, this is a bad one. He's going to jail. Nothing happens. Nothing. Now, if something did happen, it would be Trump, because clearly Ray and the DOJ treats Trump and Republicans much different than they treat Democrats. But to your point, Noam, nothing ever happens. I had this argument with Bernie time and time again. He'd be like, well, you know, Cuomo's coming back to $5 million. No, he's not. Well, Hillary's going, this is the one that people are waking up. How many times did Bernie say that? They're waking up. This is the one. I'm, I'm like, when? What? Nobody cares. Nobody. And the truth is, the media, the media is so behind all these people that it's almost impossible, almost impossible to get the majority of any people to A, care, and believe what these people are doing is actually tawdry. Is that fair to say,
9: No. I think uh, we're all distracted by TikTok. Yeah, you know, so, that's a big deal. And, yeah. and, TikTok. so nobody's yeah. watching nobody's, Snapchat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, nobody's consuming this the way we did 20 years ago. And so you can put these hearings on, but there's nobody watching them unless you're really into it. Uh, there, If you notice, yesterday, nobody was playing. They are dipping in and out of it. Yeah, nobody played. But I mean, there is a political TikTok.
16: There's like, a, you know. If you're, who if watches you're, that? I don't know if you're into politics. There are people. I, I don't know. But there is a political TikTok. So
8: some like 18-year-old girl on the beach and walk away yesterday? <laughs> yeah, is in a bikini on <laughs> no, TikTok? Well, and <laughs> a thousand more people are watching that. Not her,
16: but if, Matt Gates. But if she Googles Matt Gates or Googles Christopher Wray, uh, yeah, then all of a sudden cares. her TikTok will be filled with, with clips from the Nobody
9: here. cares. Flirty Flipper no, eat, yeah. you know, uh, some new food. <laughs> yeah, for <their> kids <laughs> oh, wait, doing some is, lousy dance. This yeah. is Chris Ray.
6: Hang on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on,
9: oh, hold hold
10: on, on.
16: there. Chris yeah. Ray. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even believe what I was just
8: saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big guest list today, folks. Curtis Sliwa, Arthur Idala, Noam Layden, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Dietl, Dolph Hykend, and more. The Thursday edition of a show that people do listen to and genuinely love. Sitting friends in the morning, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 W A B
0: C talks lazy. people say she's crazy.
2: Radio 77 WABC. Oh, you're my
0: best friend.
2: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends 77 WABC.
0: Whatever it is, it'll keep till the morning. Night blue even the simple things become rough So Curtis,
8: who's about to join me coming up at 7.05, as he does every weekday morning, does a great job. He noticed right away. You know, most days I come to work dressed very, very nicely, very nicely. Sport jacket. I've got Joseph Aboud, beautiful clothing. Beautiful clothing I purchased at Anthony's Legendary Place, the garage in Brooklyn. And again, nine out of ten days, I'll wear a nice pair of pants and a nice sport jacket. But the last two days, the last two days, because of the heat, well, it's so hot out there, and i got to sit on the ferry. And inevitably, when I sit on the ferry, it's about a 75-minute ride. I get something awful for guys, and it's called swamp ass. Girls get it, too. You know, your balls get all sweaty and your ass, and it's just, I know it's kind of early for that, but it is what it is. So I'm like, I'm not going to do it. And then i got to carry my jacket. And I don't know if you folks take clothes for the dry cleaners, but i got to tell you, it's expensive. I jump off my dry cleaning for two weeks. It's like $400. So I'm going to stop wearing sport coats because it's too hot and it's too expensive until Catch Matitis picks up my dry cleaning bill and my transportation. That's like $3,000 a month. So the last couple of days, I wear a very, very nice shirt. There's a beautiful shirt I'm wearing today. With white shorts and sandals. <laughs> so Curtis is like, are you going straight from here to the pool, to the club? to the? I'm like, yeah, actually I am. I leave here, I go onto the ferry, and then I go to the beach. Or I walk, or do something, go down to 129 and grab some lunch. So he was commenting on how summery
11: I look today.
10: You made the same point yesterday, Lewis. Well, you can't help but notice it. It's kind of It's a a radical departure. You kind of look like, to now go back a little bit, you kind of look like the neighbor on the block, you need something, like if it was a beach community, I'd knock on the door, all right, let's go see what Mr. Rosenberg... Maybe he has this and he can help me. Right. Ding, ding, ding. You Salt open, you open or... or the, yeah. splendor. Open, open the door and you've got a bowl in your arm and you're mixing something. <laughs> and you hear in the back down the hall that Melissa Manchester song that we just heard. And right. And you hear it coming down and like, what is this house? What is going... You're listening to old... Horrible 70s music. What do you mean horrible? Uh, it's, that's, no one's listening to that Oh, anymore. stop I mean, that. <clears throat> it's a nice song. You no know why I, I went
8: to, to that it. was because I was having a conversation yesterday about my good friend Joe Klecko, who won number 73, mind you, but a great New York Jet. I was talking to somebody at the fan. And uh, Klecko, of course, I is in be this awesome the beef with Darrell Rivas, both great Jet defensive players and both heading to the Hall of Fame. There's some beef, I don't know. Well, what is the beef about, uh, Alec? I don't know and I don't care. But
16: There's beef because Rebus was on Clucko's podcast, I believe. No,
8: Clucko doesn't have a podcast. Well, they were on Some a guy podcast. named Jake Asman, they were who on, I've never uh, heard of. Right.
16: Yeah. They are on a podcast yeah. t- together.
8: Do you think Joe Klecko is sitting there doing a podcast? I don't know. Any, every, Are you nuts? Anybody and everybody can have <laughs> a podcast Klecko. these days. You don't know Joe Klecko very well. Like no, I well, do. I, I don't, he ain't I, doing a podcast. I do not know Joe so, Klecko so, at all. So, so Jake Asman thinking. is doing this. Okay. Yeah. So they're yeah.
16: both on it, and uh, and 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 uh, you know Klecko says something along the lines of you know uh, you got two of the greatest defensive players in Jets history right here, and on the podcast Revis was like wholeheartedly agreeing with him. Yeah. And then following the podcast, Revis took to Twitter to basically claim that, no, he's not even in the well, same conversation. Well, that's not what I
8: read. You see, I read that they were supposed to get together mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl, and that's where they announced the Hall of Fame guys, and that Revis texted Clecko, and Clecko never got back to him. Oh. Mind you, I've texted Clecko the last couple of days. He never got back to me either. That's Joe Clecko, But these modern-day guys, they it's the other way around. I'm sorry. Joe Clecko texted Revis. Really? And Revis,
16: I'm uh,
8: busy, right. uh, I'm going to Super Bowl stuff, never got back to Cleco. I didn't know that part. So Cleco felt like Revis big-timed him, and that's the nature of the argument. Oh. Both guys are on tape admitting the other guy is great. Revis right. may think he's better. I don't know. He's not. Cleco right. may be the best defensive lineman ever. He's right up there. Uh, but that was the problem. Well, no, Klecko but... is mad that uh, Revis never returned his text.
16: Revis did tweet, though, after the podcast that he's not really even in the same discussion or should should be. I mean, so stupid. I mean, beyond
8: ridiculous. Yeah. I think Klecko is still the only guy still to make the Pro Bowl at every single position on the defensive line. And the year before, Mark Gastineau put up those huge sack numbers for the Jets. If they kept sack numbers the year before that, They say Joe Klecker would have had 30 sacks. 30.
16: When Revis fell off, he really fell off. Oh, please. It's not even
8: close. I agree with you. It's not even close. Joe Klecker was part of the, and I'm a giant fan, the sack exchange. Can you name Justin Alec? And don't tell me you're too young. I don't want to hear that. No. I can name a bunch of players on the 27 Yanks. Can you name at least (laughs) two of the four defensive players on the Jets' sack exchange? Two of the four.
16: Mar-line's? Who's that? Marty Lyons. Very good. Gastineau. Marty Lyons, Gastano. Klecko. Klecko, you're missing one. I don't have the
10: fourth.
8: The fourth guy would be.
10: Um, that way I came. I'm drawing a blank. Abdul,
8: Abdul Salam. Okay,
10: yeah, there you I have it, folks. Yes,
8: yeah. Salam, Klecko, Gastano, and Lyons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Jets <laughs> are going to be back on hard knocks this year. First time in 13 years. 2010. Rex Ryan. And I was working in Miami in 2010. But I came very, very close with the HBO people. You guys know I covered just about every Mike Tyson fight out in Las Vegas working for HBO. And my dear friend Tracy Bowden, along with Sandy Ortiz, who sent me to all these events, just died a couple of weeks ago. You guys remember my friend Tracy. And she sent me to all these events, Hard Knocks. So I'm in Miami, and I get a call from Tracy, and she goes, hey, listen, the Jets are going to be on Hard Knocks. Do you want to come? And I said, I'd love to. It's up at Cortland College. Mike Sullivan's kid went to Cortland. My dear friend and partner, Bernard McGurk's daughter, went to Cortland. Many folks go to Cortland. And the Jets were holding their training camp back then, there. And so they held hot Knocks at Cortland. And I did my Miami show right next to Joe Beningo doing his New York show. And Michael Kay was there, and Jody McDonald, and Joe Namath showed up. It was great. And that's when the world fell in love with Rex Ryan, the Jets coach. It may have been then that folks found out that Rex Ryan loved to suck on women's feet.
10: Is that when it came out all that stuff? Well, uh, yeah, I remember the yeah uh, because the YouTube videos started surfacing and I they guess, were proud yeah. of it. That <laughs> yeah, I know. that was the weirdest. Uh, listen, thing.
8: that was that was a great. Uh, that was a good time for the Jets. That was when you know Mark Sanchez had the Jets one game away from the Super Bowl. He did it two years in a row. And the Jets are becoming a legitimate force. And then who was the one player that came in and destroyed easy. all? Easy.
10: It? It's easy, Give me the answer. I've said it forever. Uh, now I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. That stupid uh, quarterback. Former Florida quarterback yes. and
8: New York Met minor league outfielder. Yeah. Yep. He loves Jesus. Mm <laughs> hmm. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yeah, that was it.
10: That was the Woody Johnson uh, maneuver.
8: Pretty much. Well, Parcells it. and, uh, not Parcells, uh, Rex Ryan and my DF Randu, who ran the team. He's down in Florida now. He went the Dolphins as well. Mike, um, oh, come on, help me out. But, oh, He's on ESPN. Uh, he was a Dolphin uh, vice president. Super guy, great guy. Yes, he is But a him good and guy. Rex Ryan decided to bring in Tim Tebow. He was G- he that was G- the G- end of the Jets. He was GM at the time. Yes. Right? Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum. Great guy, so. Well, anyway, then, that's, uh, that's your Jets story. Yes, that, that was it. That ruined That us. was it. The Jets will play in the Hall of Fame game this year, the first exhibition football game. They'll be taking on the Cleveland Browns. And for few trivia folks, the very first ever, the very first ever Monday night football game, all the days of Howard Cosell, was Joe Namath and the Jets taking on the Cleveland Browns. Same matchup as this year's Hold up, name
10: game. This will be great. We'll put Tebow on the line, and he'll be a receiver. <laughs> well, the and Wildcat. Sanchez, yeah, yeah. And Sanchez will go out on the left side. Did work. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're yeah. going to have a surprise every team. And I
8: was in Florida when they started the Wildcat, the Dolphins, and they did it with a running back named Ronnie Brown out of Auburn. He would run the Wildcat offense, and he had great success. So other teams start to think, "Hey, we can do the same thing." So because Ronnie Brown did it down in Miami, the Jets tried it with Tim Tebow
10: colossal disaster yeah, he thought he was going to fill more seats yeah, didn't work it. nope nope now. Nope.
8: Nope. traffic with uh, nope. joe nolan coming up next right now it's time for the 77 wabc minicast clip of the day everything you need to know in under 10 new york minutes download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini listen anytime on the 77 wabc app today's minicast is lewis's favorite show his favorite show on the station. Let's
10: get to it. We've got many issues, as you may concur.
8: <laughs> he nailed it. Here's Dominic Carter talking about Trank
17: in the Bronx. We are talking about, to start out, the flush rotting animal tranquilizer that is killing unsuspecting users nationwide. And it has significantly infiltrated the drug mills of my home borough, the Bronx, New York. New York City's special narcotics prosecutor says, get this, folks, 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10 City precincts experiencing the highest levels of fatal overdoses this year are in the Bronx.
2: NYC. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC.
16: Justin Ellick here with your Bottom of the Hour Sports Update, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Fearless Boilers. Go to FearlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a deal in there. You, They're the world's best built boilers, got a little midsummer lull in sports action. So last night was the perfect night for the 2023 ESPYs. the annual uh, award show that celebrates the best players, teams, and moments in the world of sports. Notable winners. On the night included the Kansas City Chiefs winning best team. Their quarterback Patty Mahomes winning best men's athlete. The skier Michaela Schifrin winning best women's athlete. Shohei Otani taking home best MLB player. Connor McDavid being selected as the best NHL player. Nikola Jokic taking the NBA honors. Scotty Scheffler taking uh, home the golf honors. And Novak Djokovic winning the award for tennis. All of these moments. They don't, were... don't
8: ever do this again. What? Please don't ever do this again. What else would you don't have me talk I Don't lend any credence. Talk about nothing. Talk about the Mets are coming back tomorrow against the Dodgers, Yankees, Colorado. Jets up in their priest. Don't ever give any credence to a stupid television show with a bunch of America hating douchebags. Don't ever mention the ESPYs. Who cares who they pick? It's not the Academy Awards, it's the SBs. Don't ever do that again. I'm begging you, please don't do that again.
16: Okay, please. I'm going to have to, uh, we're just going to have to insert I uh, I don't have any more support. Uh, okay, Wimbledon. Some new names. One of the Yankees Women's. coming back.
8: Tomorrow night. That's important. Who are they playing? The Rockies. Very good. One of the Mets coming back. Tomorrow night. Who are they playing?
16: That's tomorrow night.
8: Who are they playing?
16: Uh, I don't know. The, uh, the Dodgers? The, yeah, the Dodgers. Very good. I'm know.
8: Justin Ellick. That was sports brought to you by Pete Morgan. I'll get off the upping mic. Okay.
16: See you later.
2: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, 77 WABC
4: Soon NATO will be the 32nd freestanding have free 33 free 32 freestanding <laughs> members standing together to defend our people and our territory
8: My executive producer, my sports guy, Justin so starts pouting and walks out of the studio like a little pussy, that he is, and maybe I'll just tape it next time, and this doesn't listen to me. I mean, the only people that should be playing who won the S, no it's not you want to play LeBron James, who won the awards at the ESPYs last night would be that douchebag honor the goaltender who's up against me every morning on ESPN. That's their creation, their stupid show. It's not a legitimate award. Oh, the SB last night, I mean, you couldn't be dumber. My God. And then you pout and come out of the studio. I'm going to take my, my sports update. The hell's the matter with you? You talk about the Mets coming back tomorrow, the Yankees coming back tomorrow, who the Jets are going to play, who the Giants are going to play, but you don't start reading off SB awards. It's not even real. doesn't mean anything. Let ESPN radio stations do that. I should just suspend
10: you right now. My God! Why, why what? You, why Wait, you're... Well, because you're just a you're just a. a, a Are you, a, you talking to me? Your de- your delivery was very subtle. How you did it. I was, <laughs> sorry. I... Was, what do you mean? So, well, I, was he, he's calling, up. I, didn't, I didn't hear.
16: By from the you. time
10: he got to his fifteenth award, <laughs> no, who won the Wimbledon s- tennis stop. award at the ESPYs? Stop! Don't ever do this. Stop! Don't ever. Stop! Don't ever do <laughs> this. Stop! You said it six times. Well, but he because he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, he thinks the
8: ESPY awards are a legitimate sports story. So I got, I got to keep I, and he still does. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, from Thomas Cook on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Poor Justin. You just went Imus on him. There you go, Noam. There's another. Noam keeps uh, writing these things down. I don't do what
9: Imus, but Or does it? No. That was an excellent example of Imus right there What you did to <laughs> <laughs> Justin. <laughs> And it was it was comical too. But
8: I was but was I wrong? I mean, maybe not, uh, man.
9: You know what? In that case, I think you were you were right. Of course, I yeah. was.
8: Mm-hmm. It's not a legitimate sports story. Who won the ESPY award? Who the who, the ESPN losers considered the best pinch hitter in baseball? I mean, my God, what are we doing here?
10: <laughs> Jesus. No, it was still you, but doing it in a. I'm imus vain right. way yeah. what are we talking about <laughs> yeah you see he'll do it again next hour he doesn't care huh?
8: and then i really will suspend him i was cutting
16: stuff out, I'll just... sorry
8: by the way john minko who wishes me well on facebook all the time the greatest sports uh guy ever you'll never be john minko never just so you know that
10: I-, I won't do it again
8: yeah uh minko is sitting in new jersey somewhere just looking for work so you want to do the Espy Awards next hour, and trust me, I'll have John Miko doing sports tomorrow.
16: That'll be great. That'll take a lot off my plate actually. Can you a lot do that? Of,
8: and whatever money you make off
16: your plate too. Whatever it is. I don't here. I don't make any extra money from him. <laughs> oh, you don't actually.
8: do any extra money? No. Okay. So if
16: he wants to come in and do that, that'd be great. That'd be awesome.
8: Not fine. Lewis, call John Minko. Have him do updates tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Now, uh, who, uh, who's this? Oh,
16: Luke. <laughs> but he has to be here at, he has to be here at 5 a.m. Don't worry about John. He's not afraid or to dumb.
8: work. He is not afraid to work. Okay, he, he, won't, he won't be sitting there cutting up sound from the ESPY Awards.
16: Great. Oh, boy, I didn't play any sound, actually. I was just talking. Yeah. Well, it.
8: don't talk about it ever oh. again.
16: I need to get out of the house right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll <continue. laughs> I, uh,
8: he I, lives by the – it's a great diner with a great salad bar. I think it's called the Coach Diner. And I want to say it's New Milford, New Jersey. You know that place, no? New
9: Milford? I, yeah, the Coach's Diner's a famous
8: diner. Yeah, yeah. the Minko goes all the time, I guess. So, uh, Fat Jerry Nadler, somebody was asking me on the ferry yesterday, do you miss the Upper West Side? I go, no, I don't miss the Upper West Side. Not even a little. In fact, of all the places that I've lived here in New York City, which include Chelsea, I lived in Chelsea on 23rd and 8th, right uh, 9-11, during that point. I lived in Battery Park now twice, right after nine eleven, and this most recent stint, once my house got ruined. Uh, I lived on Hanover Square, down by Wall Street. That was my favorite. Of all the places I lived in the city, I enjoyed the Upper West Side the least. I hated the people, a bunch of really nasty old Jew Democrats who hated me. It was a perfect relationship. They hated me. I hated them. It's filthy. 96th Street and Broadway smells like a big ass. Every store is vacated. It's scary. Sorry, Corey. It's scary. And Nadler is the guy in charge up there. So he's on Capitol Hill yesterday. And, of course, he's not a Republican. The Republicans are beating the living daylights out of Chris Ray, not Nadler. No, no, no. He was telling Ray what a good job he was doing. This is uh, Jerry Nadler talking specifically about the Trump raid at Mar-a-Lago, what a great job Christopher Ray and the FBI did. Jerry Nadler-Lewis, cut number nine.
4: No matter how many times Republicans attack Director Ray or the FBI or the investigation at Mar-a-Lago, I trust in the rule of law. Mr. Trump will have his day in court. I believe the system will hold him accountable. And I thank the men and women of the FBI who helped bring the classified information to safety and protect the national security of our nation.
8: You hear that? You believe this guy is still in office, and who votes him in? Those people on the Upper West Side. And then he asked Christopher Ray about the raid specifically at Trump's Mar-a-Lago, and he got a response from Ray. I'm not sure what he was expecting. Jerry Nadler, cut number 10.
4: House Republicans have attacked the execution of the search warrant of Mar-a-Lago last August as a, quote, unprecedented raid. Would you consider the execution of the search warrant at
6: Mar-a-Lago a raid? I would not call it a raid. I would call it the execution of a lawful search warrant. (laughs) You
8: lying bastard. So Jim Jordan comes out. I love Jimmy out of Ohio on Capitol Hill. And uh, he actually said that Nather wasn't even prepared. This is Jim Jordan, cut number 11.
6: Thank the chairman, and I yield back. The gentleman yields back just for the record the pronunciation of the former Assistant director in charge of the Washington field office is Dan Tuano, something that ranking member might have known if he'd actually shown up at the deposition like <laughs> I did.
8: <laughs> so little ugliness back and forth there between Jim Jordan and Jerry Nadler, but a love affair between Jerry Nadler and Christopher Ray. What a great job, national security. You dumb, formerly fat bastard. There is nothing dangerous. Trump, there was no issue with national security. You stupid idiot. None. Zero, Jerry Nadler. Zero. And then, oh, oh, I wouldn't call that a raid. Oh, really? Guys with guns? Oh, that was a raid. It was not a lawful search. Not what they did to Roger Stone. Not what they did to President Trump. I know I'm missing one more that was also really perverse, like the two I just mentioned, that Merrick Garland and this DOJ did. But that was anything but a lawful search, Christopher Ray. And when you make comments like that, that's one of the reasons why you should be fired, if not put in jail. All right, all the guests are going to stop coming by now, and we got a bunch of good ones: Curtis Sleewa, Arthur Iddala, Noam Layden, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Dietl, Dove Hikind, and more. That's a great hour, number one in the books. We'll come back with our number two of the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: in friends
1: in the morning 77 wabc well let's think about it for a moment how do they start their day Uh, they start their day picking up the uh the news uh, the the morning papers they sit down and they see some of the most horrific events that uh, may happen throughout the previous day Uh, it plays on your psyche we're clear on that Uh, but my mission is to move people from what they felt To what they're feeling.
0: I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize. That's the mayor,
8: folks. That's the man you voted in over the man sitting right in front of me, New York icon and legend Curtis Sliwa. That's Mayor Eric Adams, who was asked by my dear friend, who I love dearly, Rosanna Scotto, on Channel 5 locally yesterday, about the crime issue in this city, and he blamed it on the media. Uh, Two things that Eric Adams has become very good at, and yes you folks that are emailing me, texting me, messaging me, yes, the love affair, at least for now, is over. There's no doubt about it. But what he's gotten very good at is is, uh, making racist remarks about white people, which he's done, I don't know, a million times, and blaming the media for his shortcomings. Sometimes not even his shortcomings, because sometimes he's actually trying, not getting the results that we would like to get, but he is trying, and instead of saying that and coming off, somewhat good, he just blames the media. So with that said, here's my guy, gets big ratings noon to one every weekday, and of course, overnights all weekend long, but does his best work right here, 7.05 every weekday morning with me, the great Curtis Sliwa.
11: Good morning, Curt. You know, you're being a little unfair to the mayor. One thing I could say about his appearance on uh, Good Morning New York with Rosanna Scotto, wasn't he ghetto fabulous in that $5,000 <laughs> yeah. customized suit? Look on, that's that's look typically good. what you and Joseph Abood would pick up on. <laughs> oh, you were so three snaps up. <laughs> ghetto fabulous. And then the rest of it is crazy town. It's the crazy train. By the way, you're having your very dear friend, Arthur Idala came up, who started that nonsense, you know. It's like, oh, the perception. You know, I've been down in the subway. It's really not that bad, is it, Sid? I notice how you cut him off on that. See if he'll repeat the same stupid statement. And you know what I've decided to do? And I'm using your show to do it because it is the most listened to, most popular show. More so than TV, more so than any columnist. As I am declaring myself mayor-in-exile here, like remember Napoleon on the island of Elba? <laughs> I'm on the island of Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to set up a provisional government and start providing services. Because how can you have a mayor who would turn to the mother of the three- and six-year-old boys up in the Bronx who were wounded in St. James Park? That's where I started the Guardian Angels in 1979, right off of Fordham Road in Kingsbridge. And she says, I don't feel safe to go out. And what is he going to say to her? Well, you've been reading, you know, El Diario La Prensa in the morning, the headlines. What a dumb thing to say. But then again, he has his enablers, Reverend A.R. Bernard, who I confronted yesterday when he was here. And I said, you know, you enabled him by saying that God talks to him and God sent him. And Arthur Rydella, who enables him by saying, oh, it's not so bad in the subways. These people are no good. These people are destroying our city. Well, they made the
8: point. Adams has made the point. Uh, I remember the first time I had dinner with Adams, he said, well, don't get me, get me wrong, but Sid, don't you take the subway every day? I said, yes, I do. And he said, you're okay. I said, yes, I am. I said, I've never really had an issue with somebody trying to attack me physically. I've seen things on the train, people masturbating, people making a duty right in front of me, which at my age, at 56, living in New York most of my life doesn't really score me, but my 14-year-old little boy, Gabriel, he doesn't sleep Excuse at
11: me. Hey. Excuse me. Yes, sir. Why would anybody give you a hard time? As Carrie Lake, woman from Iowa, almost became governor in Arizona, said the election was stolen when she first met you, didn't know who you were. Said, you look like a hit man. She did say that. When you're on the train, you <laughs> yeah. think those crazy people, those no. emotionally disturbed people, those gangbangers, <laughs> they're looking at you and it's saying, this guy's right out of good fellas. Yeah. Leave that guy alone over there. <laughs> well, it's true because they do prey on the folks that really can't defend themselves. Of course. Right? Don't of they? course. Sure. The people who, uh, you yeah, know, pimp slap around like a Justin Ellick, who they would totally <laughs> pimp, pick on. But... I want to defend Justin, uh, Justin, what the hell is his name, Alec? Okay. Alec, yes. Uh, yeah, he's one of your peeps first. There are so few Jews in the world. Why are you picking on one of your peeps? And so, uh, so few Jews left in radio, too. Exactly. So oh. I tell you this. I hate him because he loves the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate him for that sports podcast he does with his friend here from WABC. I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they never talk sports, they talk everything else. I scratched, you know, my, uh, <laughs> b- below my navel, all this stuff that is not sports related. But let me tell you something, without Justin Ellick, who produces my Rip and Read at 12, how many times I've had cuts ready that are attacking you? The whole purpose of the Rip and Read at the end of it is to critique Sid, and he says, no, I'm overruling you. Really? We, yes, we wow. are taking the prime cut wow. of where we're Sid was super spectacular. Now
8: I feel bad that I ripped him this morning, but not really. Because as a guy, Curtis, that even though you're known for the politics and defending New Yorkers for the better part of 40 years, for folks that don't know, Curtis has a very big sports background. He's done sports talk shows on radio for many, many, many years.
11: And you know I've been doing it a long time when you get fired three times. Three times doing sports talk. Big Yankee
8: fan, big giant fan, so... When you want, look, New York, all we care about is the fan. We don't care about ESPN. No, no, no. no the rest no. of the country, these stupid millennials who watch ESPN, they read stuff called blogs. I've never heard of. Yeah,
11: and they do the, suey, 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 <laughs> Nebraska, <laughs> it's gonna come back, suey, suey, so, Oh my God. That's what Dan Levitard does.
8: So we cannot give any credence to a stupid award show put on by oh, no. ESPN oh, no. and read those awards as if they were like real end of season awards. You see what he should
11: have done, because we had the discussion yesterday. He you are correct. He did not know who the Sandhog Joe Klecko was. Greatest defensive lineman in the history. Even though he only had 10 years with the Jets, he was injured. He was battered. They said, defensive end, you're you're all-star. But for the team, you gotta be nose tackle. You're right in there. The set is gonna smash you, the guard is gonna smash you. Sometimes the fullback comes right through. Three on one, and he's Dig it in. (laughs) Polish All-American Super Catholic came out of Chester, Pennsylvania, where when I had a conversation with him, you know what toughened me up? Every day when I had to go to to St. James High School in Chester, which was predominantly black, still is, like Camden and Chester surround Philadelphia, the three worst crime areas, the blacks would beat the hell out of me with chains and sticks. It was like going through an Apache line. It toughened me up. I went to Temple University, and then I was ready for anything. The coach said... You're an all-star defensive end, but Joe, for the good of the team, you gotta become an old tackle. You know, Darrell Revis, I think he's envious because he's from Pittsburgh. You know, guys in Pittsburgh always hated guys from Philadelphia. He dissed and dismissed him. Now, first off, that's an insult to Polish-Americans. Second, he's a hardcore Catholic. <laughs> he That's a diss to Catholics. And most importantly, Joe Klecko is the ultimate white boy, right? It's what every white guy at uh, MetLife <laughs> fantasizes about when they're drinking those overpriced beers. If I could be just like Joe Klecko, uh, the ultimate in machismo.
8: I love Joe Klecko. And, he, of course, he picked up a truck in the movie Cannonball Run. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. could forget about that? And again, that team was one game away from the Super Bowl. It was the Richard Todd-led Jets with the sack exchange, I believe. Isn't that right? And they lost
11: 14 nothing to us the Miami Dolphins. Abdul Salah. yes, the great Abdul Salah. who we give uh, props to, the brother Darrell Revis. <laughs> Or oh, the ultimate McWhitey-Whitey, the sand hog right there, <laughs> nose tackle,
8: Joe Klecko. Joe Klecko to me is like Rudy Giuliani. Yes. He's like Peter King, who I've noticed now. Oh, if we're getting was, along. Oh, after receiving a picture again yesterday afternoon, I guess the both of you appeared with John Kaczmatidis yesterday. Well, I have a new enemy. All these wars,
11: you were in a war with Bo Deedle, Oh. You the, were in a war with Peter King. It in comparison to the war that I am at with Joe Nolan. Joe Nolan? Joe Nolan comes on. He's the nicest guy in the world. Like he's a sportsmeister, right? You (laughs) pimp slap Justin Ellick. Hey, he's JV. Give him a break. But Joe Nolan, what a sickle fan Tony and Lackey for the Jets. He's telling me that Aaron Rodgers, wearing his number eight, don't touch me. I'm fragile, Jersey, in practice. And Sauce Gardner makes the puff-puff pass as they're getting off the (laughs) practice field in Florham Park in New Jersey. June 6th, they're doing puff-puff pass. That means they smoke weed. Then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers goes and starts dropping psychedelics like he's Dr. Timothy Leary in Denver. June (laughs) 22nd, last year, most intercepted passes ever. Ever since he's been with Green Bay. 2023, look at their schedule. In the top end of the schedule, it's super tough. He predicted 13 and 4. Is Joe Nolan on shrooms? Is he on LSD? Well, you're
8: going to have to add the great Joe Beningo to that because he thinks the Jets are
11: also going to 4 Yeah, who, who's the safety? Who's the safety, right? Uh, no safety in the backfield. You know what good quarterbacks are going to do, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks in that division. You know, stop letting them abuse your airtime and do promos for the Jets. 13-4, and four. what are you in a drug and dude psychosis, Joe Nolan? And then he's got his boy Hackett. He's the play caller, right? Never called plays in Green Bay. He brought him over there. In Denver, he called plays, right? How did he do that? But, oh, whatever Aaron Rodgers wants, Aaron Rodgers gets because he got all that Johnson & Johnson money, $150 million guaranteed for three years, and I predict he's going to do a Brett Favre. Uh, while in a drug-induced psychosis on LSD, he's going to pop out his little Jimmy, and then all of a sudden it's going to be Brett Favre all yeah, over again. Yeah, I don't again. see
8: it. I'm with, uh, and I'm a giant fan. I don't care, but I'm with Joe Nolan and Joe Beningo. I think the Jets are a 13 or even 14-win team this year. I'm not going to pick them to win the Super Bowl. That's nuts. It's been since 1969. But I'm with those guys. I think you're wrong. Garrett Wilson said yesterday the difference with Aaron Rodgers in camp for the last couple of years. Of course, you had uh, the, the kid Wilson. Is a night and day. The
11: Jets are going to be really me. good. Excuse really good. Me. Excuse me. Where was he playing? In Green Bay. <laughs> That's fine. Reporters wouldn't say anything negative about it. The love affair is going to be over soon <laughs> well, when he see? loses the first few games. He ain't losing the first few 9-11 games. 9-11 against the Bills. He's got to right? win that game. Got to win right that game. Right there at MetLife Stadium. Yes. He's going to get smashed. <laughs> no, he's not. He's going to be telling the guys in the huddle when they're like 21-zip, No, 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 don't smash your heads, don't break their legs, peace, love, and happiness. You know, I've been on a psychedelic flashback trip, psychedelic attack, that's where it's at. Come on. What NFL quarterback has ever been doing puff-puff pass and then dropping LSD and has led his team into the Super Bowl? Uh, you'd
8: be surprised. More than you think, Curtis Lee. What, what are they, Dallas More Cowboys? You're you really think, going yes. back. Roger Stahlbeck and all that, Plenty of guys there, right? where, uh, doing that blow, Dan Marino. Um, but I want to ask you this. Yes. If you're Mayor Eric Adams. Yes. Now, you have to understand, opening NFL week. The Sunday night game is here in yes, New Jersey. Yes, it's the Giants taking on division foe, the Dallas Cowboys. The Monday night game is also same stadium in New Jersey. The mentioned Rogers and the Jets taking on their division foe, the Buffalo Bills. In your, if you have to predict right now, Curtis, will Eric Adams go to the Jet game, the Giant game? Both or neither.
11: Both. He wants to get Both. the hell out of New York City. In fact, if he could actually be a mayor in exile in Secaucus, <laughs> he'd actually do that. Remember when he went to look at World Cup because he said, oh, I have to learn all about yeah. security yeah. and DACA. Hey, schmuck putts, no World Cup games are going to be played in New York City. They're going to be played at MetLife Stadium. Well, you use that as an excuse to get away, to get wine dine, and pocket line with Arabic dinars. I, I did see him, too, that uh, Giant Eagle
8: playoff game. Oh, he, knows. Oh, he, he, was he was on the sideline with
11: Anthony Carone. He was embarrassing on the <laughs> sideline there, right? He knows nothing about football. You I have know. to admit, he's sports talent. No, he's terrible. Oh, oh, Knicks, terrible. I've heard him comment on the Knicks and the Yankees. Oh, oh the Mets. Oh, Tommy A. G. My, my favorite man of all time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you were half in the bag at his gin mill on the way to Shea Stadium. <laughs> what the hell does he know about sports? Well,
8: oftentimes when you go on these rants, which are all brilliant, including today another great segment, you savage somebody and they're not here to defend themselves. Peter King, for example, many times.
11: He's my he, friend now.
8: No, he was your friend. Uh, but you did go after Joe Nolan this morning. Oh my morning. God. Well, guess what? He's here now to defend himself. Here he is, the greatest traffic reporter in the history of the game. The Joe Klecko, if you will, of traffic. <laughs> Joe Nolan. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on what Curtis has levied this morning?
2: 13 and four. Oh,
17: Write it down.
11: Right Put it, down, it in the bank. Bitch.
8: 13 and, uh, and 4.
17: Where's it? You're gonna
11: lose the first six games. What are you no, talking I'm gonna about? gonna win
17: five of the first six games.
11: You're out of your mind. It is so top heavy in the schedule. And by the way, who's playing safety for you, right? Every major league quarterback is gonna look at your defensive backfield and say, right down the middle. All you got to do is do a crossing pattern like a Wayne Quebec, right? That was the man's man, Wayne Quebec. Crossing pattern right down the middle, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And Aaron Rodgers will be doing shrooms on the yeah. sidelines. So, you get oh, peace, got, love, you, and happiness. You get the
8: feeling here that Curtis. And I think Lou, Joe, and Naomi almost all agree is, uh, almost
11: auditioning for the midday show at WFAN. Absolutely. <laughs> or ESPN that just whacked 20 people right there in Bristol. Right. They fired me in Bristol once, I'll never so, forget that. So now you've, I want grown, my comeback.
8: you've grown tired of talking about the mayor. And city council members and all the politics in New York, and you want to go back to talking about the Jets and the Giants and the Mets and the Yankees? Absolutely!
11: Oh, look at you, Curtis. Let's face it. We talk about Eric Adams. The guy's crazy, right? Let's face yeah. it. But is he Joe Nolan? You and I would have to agree on this with with uh, Sid, Mister Fashionista, Mister Fashionista, uh, yeah. Mister Fashion Play. Wasn't he Ghetto Fabulous? <laughs> in that $5000 <laughs> customized suits where does he get the money for these suits right uh-huh. I mean, think about it. This is not men's wholesale outlet, you know, off the rack. These are customized. And then he would say, you know, the toughest job in the world is picking cotton. The only <laughs> cotton he ever picked was out of an Advil bottle before he took Advil. There's not a thread of cotton in those all-silk suits. When it comes to fashion, no doubt about it, he's got me. But, Joe Nolan, I want you to put your hands across the Hudson River and join me. I have declared myself... The mayor in exile, not on the island of Elba like Napoleon. From a practical (laughs) level, what does that mean? Are you now the mayor? That means I'm setting up a provisional government because any day this guy's going to collapse. But
8: who's going to work inside this provisional government of yours? Well, I'll take
11: whoever I can get. What hey, can, I'm looking at you. I, am I allowed to do it while I'm hosting this show? Of course you can, well, well, because can I, you're a selfless no, servant like <laughs> Joe Nolan. Right. You you do everything for the good of the people. Not. You would never just be a Hessian or a mercenary for the money. Not. not no. You guys no, are no. really concerned about the us and we instead of the no, I and me. Not really. Uh, so what would my title be in this government of yours? Well, uh, it has to do with fashion. Let's face it. So, uh, fashion, you know me. I have no fashion. I wear the same damn thing every day. The red beret, the red sateen jacket. So you'll be in charge of fashion. And, and Joe Nolan, you'll be in charge of trying to sell Bud Light in the city of New York. <laughs> Probably is you would drink most of it before it would get out of the beer distributorship.
12: <laughs>
8: you could actually put Joe Nolan in charge of infrastructure. Being that he's talking about the roads and traffic every day. And the city is falling apart, bridges and tunnels. We're all about to die very,
11: very soon. So Joe Nolan should run infrastructure. There'll be a place for you in my (laughs) provisional government. Remember like De Gaulle. De Gaulle had a provisional government in England when the Nazis were in charge. I am now the mayor in exile on the island of Manhattan. And ladies and gentlemen, my policy is deal with crime, crime. Crime, crime, crime. Because if you don't deal with the crime in the streets, then nothing else follows. Okay, I'm not a fashionista. I don't have $5,000 customized suits that are all silk, no cotton. But I'm a man of the peeps. I'm in the subways, in the streets. It's time we have a mayor who's in the streets and not in the suites. So immediately I put together my first two appointments to my provisional government in exile. Joe Nolan in charge of infrastructure and giving away cases of Bud Light beer that people won't even drink if they get it for free, definitely in the Irish Riviera, and the Rockaways, and the champion of Fashionista Avenue, 7th Avenue, our own Sid Rosenberg, I'm putting it all together, I got it. Just remember, this is the road to victory to take back City Hall and to bring law and order to the city of New York. When Alvin Bragg says he's scared when his family is in the subway, Eric Adams, you got a real problem, and it ain't perception and it ain't the media. It's freaking you.
0: Kind of feeling? I'm high on believing. feeling I'm high on believing that you're
2: And friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Give me just a little more.
8: Oh, look at my friend Ina Vernikoff on Fox News right now on Fox and Friends talking about Eric Adams wanting to rush work authorization for migrants. I've got Ina on right now, City Councilwoman out of Brooklyn, and then Lee Zeldin is coming up next. Sounds like our show. We don't have either one of them on today. We've got, uh well, we've got Arthur Idala, Noam Layden, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Dove Heiken. We've got a bunch of great guests. You know, the shark problem is still a big one out there on Long Island. Peter King, all too happy to tell everybody, that is a Suffolk County issue, not a Nassau County issue. Nevertheless, stay out of the water. <laughs> it's summertime and the sharks are coming. And I feel like, and this may be just my um, my take or my perception, I feel like there's a shark attack every week somewhere. And I remember when I went to see Jaws, my dad took me. I didn't go. as a little boy. And I remember being really scared to go in the ocean, but I did go. But I I knew a very anecdotal, but a a number of people, relatives and friends, who never went in the ocean. Jaws actually scared them to the point where they went from avid beachgoers to never going in the ocean. Now, we're not there now. I get that. But it brought back a memory for me. When I was a little kid, and Luke can attest to this and appreciate this, when I was a little kid and I had my first record player, we had albums, we had records. I had to be so careful not to mess with it because it was so sensitive. We had these little records, and they were ent- identified as 45s. Do you remember the days, uh, Norm Layden, when you had the records and you had the smaller ones, and they were 45s?
9: I know you do. I do. Yeah, you had, you know, of course, the A side was the hit and the B side was something else. Right, exactly right. You remember those, uh, Lou, you had a ton
8: of those 45s.
10: Uh Yes, they're decorating my wall right now. Oh, yes. they really? Did you hang them? No. I oh, that would be cool. I actually did that with records in, in Warner Park. Right, uh, Table uh, Records. I, took, I used to love that. I took real records and put them, Hung in them in on. Hung them on the wall. That's <laughs> cool. Yes. No, I'm serious. Yes. No,
5: it looked good.
8: I, I am dying to go into a record store. I used to love to go to, like, um, what was it? It was J&R Music's World. Uh, J&R Music World, I'm sorry. On King's Highway. No, this was on King's Highway in Brooklyn. Okay. With a Sam Ash right across the street. And I would just look at the album covers and look at the artists and read them. I remember Kiss, they used to love their album covers. So long story short, which I did not make short, sure, uh, one of the first 45s I ever had, talking about Sharks and Nassau and Suffolk County, was a guy named Dickie Goodman. And for you folks that are way too young to know this, like Justin, but old enough like me to remember it, Dickie would do these songs, they were parodies, and he would describe a situation, and he would have the characters in the song answer the questions with songs. So, for example, 1975. I can't believe this thing is 48 years old, but it is. 48 years ago. Sid Rosenberg was eight, eight years old. Dickie Goodman came out with a record talking about jaws and a shark attack on the beach. Folks, we date back almost five decades with the great Dickie Goodman.
3: We are here on the beach where a giant shark has just eaten a girl swimmer. Well, Mr. Jaws, how was it? Darn-o-may! And what did she say when you grabbed her? Please, Mr. Please. I know sharks are stupid, but what did you think when you took that first bite? How sweet it is. Mr. Jaws, before you swim out to sea, have you anything else to say? I the local sheriff sheriff brody the shark will be back for lunch what do you intend to do
0: Dance, make a love, get down
3: just arriving is oceanographer matt hooper sir if someone is attacked by a shark what should they do awesome. we are going aboard the fishing boat of captain quint captain will you be able to catch this giant shark I win, I win, I win. Uh, Thank you, Captain. Captain, 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 Captain? when you catch one of these sharks, what do you feel like? Like a Rhinestone cowboy. We've just sighted the shark again. He's coming straight for us. Captain Quint is shouting something at him. Hey, Jaws, the captain says he's going to catch you. What do you think of that? Uh oh, here he comes again. (laughs) They've hit him. Mr. Jaws, why doesn't anything seem to hurt you? Big boys cry. Big boys cry. He's coming right onto the boat. Mr. Jaws, why are you grabbing my hand? Wouldn't you give your hand to a friend? <laughs> no wait, Mr. Jaws! That's not the way this record is supposed to end. Help!
10: Oh, Help! My God. <laughs> uh, please. <laughs> Oh,
8: God. See, this is why we need to simulcast this radio show. I have a camera in the studio just to see Lou's face. God. You didn't love Dickie Goodman? Come on. He, uh, that, no, he did a bunch of
10: those. It was like five of them, I think. Oh, of course, because the demand was so high. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, oh, I can't, I can't believe it's 48 you know. years old. Oh, uh, it sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like it was made just two days ago. It's so fresh <laughs> and great. But uh, it
9: seemed funny back then. Oh, yeah. It did, right back then. You remember yeah. laughing back then? No. Yes.
8: And now you listen back. That is pathetic. It really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> two minutes yeah. and I
10: feel like my life is over now. Well, That's if it. you
8: if you just missed it, don't worry, because Greg Kelly's going to play it coming up at 1.30. Let's take
2: a look traffic. Here's my guy, Joe Norman. This is sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. you my
0: best friend.
2: 77 WABC. I've been
0: walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack in these dirty sidewalks of Broadway. Where hustle's the name of the game, and nice guys get washed away like the You know, at the end of I miss his
8: career when he was basically coming to work with a gun and a mask every day, stealing $5 million. And if I wasn't good that morning, the show sucked. That's the bottom line. McCord was gone. The rest of those guys couldn't get it done. And he was relying on me. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. If you're fans of any of the members, it was all me. All me, and he would say it to me. You, you uh, hate, I need to be shit good. I need shit to be good today.
10: You hate to hate to say it. <laughs> I Hate to say it, but I'm being honest.
8: But one of the um, the great moments those last couple of years was when he had Glenn Campbell's wife and daughter. No, I don't know if Glenn was dying of cancer or already dead. I, I don't
10: remember, but I remember they were in studio and they were great. You remember that? I rem- sure. I remember. I. Don't know if he was gone. I think he was yet. still alive
8: at that yeah, point. Yeah, I do yeah. too. It was a great interview. Don did a great job.
10: And uh, the wife was really lovely. Yes, really good. Was and great, he was an amazingly talented oh guy. Oh, Glenn was Campbell. He great. But then, Camp- you
8: know, I misfought that guy who wrote the book, and he wrote like all of Glenn Campbell's songs. He brought him in like two or three times. He was uh, something about, he also wrote MacArthur's K, uh, Park. Right, Someone MacArthur up the Park. K, yeah, he, he was like obsessed with this guy, I must him. Yes. He was in studio. He was a very nice guy, but no one ever heard of the guy. But then he brought up all the songs that he wrote, including Glenn Campbell songs. And I was like, wow, this guy's
10: impressive. And Glenn Campbell played on a lot of other records. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, records. He was in a group of uh, other guitar players, session guys. Like Traveling Wilburys, you know? Yeah. So I
8: saw this in today's New York Post, and I thought of Arthur Idala right away. We've had a great show already. Curtis was terrific. A lot of great guests to come. Tomorrow, a big day in fact, Arthur's buddy, Geraldo Rivera, will be on this show tomorrow. That's going to be great. Steve Scalise. And a host of others. But uh, this story reads, Italians grope themselves in protest of judges' shock ruling that it's not assault if under 10 seconds. Italians grope themselves protesting a judge's ruling that it's not assault if under 10 seconds. If what is under 10 seconds, I don't know. But with that said, here he is, the great Defense attorney, my dear friend,
13: Arthur Idala. Good morning, Arthur. Sydney, I don't know. First, I was laughing and loving the parody that you played, okay, a couple minutes ago. You don't remember that. I guess you're too young to remember Dickie Goodman. Are you crazy? I remember it so well. (laughs) And then you should have seen the smile on my face. When you played Rhinestone Cowboy, of course I had that forty-five. <laughs> we had to have that forty-five. Yeah, yeah. That was an amazing and it, and it represented my in my youth and your youth, just like a magical time before yep. everyone walked yep. around with a yep. cell phone in their hand. You actually played ball and you rang someone's bell and and you drank out of a garden hose. It was right. thing as bottled water. It was
11: just. It was, tree. Yep. <laughs> it
13: was better.
8: Yep. It was Hours a day standing in front of a box that we drew on some public school playing stickball. I mean, you know, running down at six thirty every night to call the bookie, no online betting and all that nonsense. No,
13: no, no. We were younger than that. There was no bookie when, when those songs were coming out. We were we were what, nine years old? Uh, so no, no, we,
8: I, I already had a speak for yourself. <laughs>
13: I will speak to myself. I, I, went,
8: I went to Poly Prep like you. Every kid I went to school with, their father was a bookmaker, even when I was nine years old. But uh, regardless, it was a better time. And, and I love doing that stuff on this show because no one else in this market... Quite frankly, around the country, does that nobody? I mean, you had the ESPYS on last night. All these rotten, spoiled new ball players like LeBron James. I mean, you know these stories, Arthur. A guy like Andy Robustelli, he was a great player for the Giants, an all-time great. That guy had to work at
13: a hardware store
8: on Flappish right, Avenue exactly. just to make ends meet.
13: Exactly, and some of the great Yankee players of, that we know of in the fifties and sixties had a, were doing the same thing. Yes, it was. It was. Very different. Let me. We're going to talk about the Italian thing, but it, this also does tie in a little bit to crime in New York City. And, look, my role in, in life often is to play devil's advocate. So I am going to take on the role of defending what Mayor Adams said yesterday about the crime poll, because it ties into a little bit about what you're saying right now and about New York. As glorified as you and I look at those times those were some really rough times in, turning, in terms of crime, yeah. Based, that, just, not just like street crime and subway crime, but even organized crime. You know, I know the show that you're in. I know you had the big premiere. You know, if, if, just because you're Italian, that didn't mean you were on the right side of those organized crime guys. If you were on the wrong side of those organized crime guys, it was not a pleasant experience at all. You know, if you you, if you were the guy who owned the butcher shop, if you were the guy who owned the photo studio and they came in and they wanted a little a little present in an envelope to quote unquote protect you in nineteen seventy eight and nineteen eighty two and you said, No, 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 I'm not gonna do that, it wasn't a good time. <clears throat> and that's you know, and and riding the subways, my girlfriend said lived in the Bronx, all the way at the end of the Bronx. I used to take the R train from Brooklyn and, you know, when you're hormones and you're 16, you'll, you'll go through a war to go find that girl, right? It was yep. terrifying. You know what I used to ride? In between the cars and hope I, I would hide in there and no one would ever get to me. But I'll never forget Christmas. It was like December 22nd. I overspent. I must have been like 18, 19 years old. I just got in my first car for $400. And as I'm walking back to my house with my Century 21 bags, I could see from like half a block away the glass on the floor from my $400 car that they, in the middle of the day, they broke <laughs> my window and yep. they stole my radio. Oh, that my was, of dropped. course, that
8: was those, those, uh, they had those Benzie boxes. They were stealing yeah. them every day. <laughs> you had, so you said, had to take the radio out of the car. Off,
13: as much as you and the whole committee is pissed off at, at Adams, you and I know it is not like that anymore. It's really not like that anymore. And the statistics bear that out. Yes, there's too much crime. It should be better. But let's not BS ourselves. Oh, it is definitely not 1975, 1975. Yeah, but the difference is,
8: listen, I'm sorry I disagree with you. It is worse now than it was then. It is. And and you had guys, Rudy Giuliani, wasn't
13: You're telling me it's worse now than it was? Yes, yes, yes,
8: yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. You, you, you had, you had, you had, you had your bad neighborhoods, and there was a lot of crap that went on. But people, and there was some subway stuff. There's no question about it. This is much more widespread. I don't ever remember in my whole life the whole borough of Manhattan becoming a cesspool, a crime ridden, from the Upper East Side to the Upper West Side down to South Street. I'm sorry. Bro, I'm sorry. You want to talk
13: about Poly Prep? The guys in Poly Prep used to go to, like, Park Avenue and 50-something Street to pick up hookers. Like, right, right there. It's 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. they get getting some big, big Cadillac And they would drive to, like, 57th and Park Avenue to pick up hookers. That's the heart of... Uh, listen, two I'm going
8: I'm, I'm to play something for you right now. I'm gonna play something for you right now. Uh you can talk to your blue on the face. Eric Adams is doing a lousy job. It is much more dangerous now. People are much more afraid now than they were even in the seventies. That's my opinion. Even the Manhattan DA this creep, this loser who Eric Adams stands up for, who allows criminals to run the streets as if they were innocent people. Even him, even Alvin Bragg said yesterday he's afraid when his family goes on the
11: subway. he said it with Rosanna Scotto. Here's the cut. Cut number 13. I know the statistics that transit crime is down, but when one of my family members gets on the train, I too get a
1: knot in my stomach.
8: Hear it? I know the numbers are down, which I'm not even sure that's the case, but I too get a knot in my stomach. Everybody Everybody's afraid, Arthur. Everybody. Okay. So here,
13: here's, here's what I want you to do. I know the depth of the staff at WABC. I'm sure you have an intern. This will take seven minutes. Pull up the statistics when the greatest mayor of the city of New York, Rudy Giuliani, left office. Go to the NYPD website and look at the statistics for rape, robbery, murder, murder, and vicious assault. When Giuliani left office, and look at the statistics from 2022, last year, it's not even close the amount of reported murders, the amount of reported. Well, what, robbery, so, what is this? Reports, uh, what, what is it's this? So much what, lower now. It but what still, is this
8: like, all yeah. about right now? Are you trying to convince me that Eric Adams is a good mayor because he ain't?
13: I am. I am trying. Here's what I'm going to try to convince you of, Sydney, that. The media has created. Oh a, an God, you sound like him. Listen, Just listen uh, yeah, to me. Listen uh, yeah, to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Has created an environment that anyone who is in the private sector, yeah. like you or me, yeah. would have to be out of their mind mm-hmm. to go into the public sector. Because number one, you don't make any money. But number two, all the media does is beat the hell out of you. You know
8: what's the funny is you say you know, you say no. You know, it's funny you say you don't make any money, and yet every politician that I know, all of them. City level, state level, national level. We have five thousand dollar suits, all of them. Joe Biden lives in a nine million dollar house. So for folks that don't make a quote unquote a lot of money, they all seem to be making listen, a lot buddy, of money. Your
13: buddy Bill, your buddy Bill De Blasio, he's sucking wind. I mean, he can't even. Oh, afford he to stole go on millions of wife. dollars.
8: That piece of garbage, millions oh, of he, dollars. He, he, yes, he, he saying, did. Him and his wife stole millions.
13: Listen, I, I'm not letting you off the hook. I want you. I know you have interns in there. I want you to ask an intern how to, Yes. interns. Well, what do you think? I'm stern. Definitely interns. They have, they have. Yes, I think you're close to. You're bigger <laughs> than Stern <stirring> now. Who <laughs> yes, the heck listened to that serious stuff? <laughs> anyway, have them look up the statistics for the five major crimes. Okay. Rape, uh, robbery, I will do it or, from from the the year Giuliani left office, when we uh, all felt the safest. Okay. 2000 All right. and then have them look it up for 2022 said you're going to see thank god the numbers aren't even close okay
8: it's i'm going to get i will get half those the numbers amount of
13: robberies half the amount of assaults yeah. half the amount of burglaries yeah. thank
8: god
13: yeah okay. and my point is my point is okay you went off of the tangent about the money but if you you right now you're sid rosenberg you're number one everyone's kissing your ass everyone loves you go run for office go run for any political office Within three months, you'd be the biggest AH on the planet. They'd be writing you up, know, oh, Sid, yeah. Sid screwed this up. Yeah. Sid messed up the budget. Right. Sid's horrible on crime. Right. Sid's bad on childcare. Sid's bad on health care. All they do is beat the hell out of you. You know I, I ran for public office. You know I would want to be in the public sector. I'd love to be a councilman, a senator, anything like that. Why? Why should I do that when all they do is rip you apart? How many good stories do you see? There's only one politician who got good press, and he deserved every minute of it, Congressman Peter King. And he deserved every minute of it. He's a Republican. That's fine. Because he's a Republican. Republican. Well, for the New York Times. Lee Zeldin.
8: Lee Zeldin gets a very good press. Republican. Have you noticed the difference? Okay. Yeah, when you're a slimy Democrat, you get bad press because you're slimy. slimy. That's why. Go read, the, go read the New York
13: Times about Well, me. who would I read, read that? That's box. fiction.
8: I'm not going to read the New York Times. That's fiction. Okay. The the New York Times. Are you
13: nuts? That's worse than giving out the Espy the Awards. About the, that's the problem with this country. Yeah. That's what the other side says about the New York Post. You want to watch Fox News? That's fiction the people on the left. You want to watch MSN? That's fiction for people on the right. We live in a people. twilight zone. Yeah. We need Harlow Parker back. As the athletic director, <laughs> of America, I remember him well. Mr. Bill Williams, Bill Williams, back to bring—he was our headmaster. Yeah, I remember him well. You can't say headmaster. Anyway, Two good by the people. Way. No, you, you can't that, say right. that. Right? I'm right. about to say headmaster.
8: Dirty, yeah,
11: well,
13: head of <laughs> school
17: of poly <laughs> prep.
11: Yeah,
8: those are good men. You're right. So before you run here, tell me quickly, and I'll get those numbers for you. I promise. Tell me quickly about this uh, story about Italians groping themselves in public. Because there's some protest about a judge ruling.
13: Okay, so a 66 year old, I forget what role he had in the school, but he was in, in, in charge of a high school. He, uh, not in charge of, but he worked at a high school in some capacity of a teacher or a coach. And apparently, he goes over to a 17 year old girl, student, a girl, I'm allowed to say girl on the Sid show here, and puts his hand like down her pants, the under her pants, under her um, underwear. And basically grabs her butt, and she reported it. He gets prosecuted, goes to trial, but it was a judge trial, I believe. And the judge dismisses the dismisses the charge, saying yes, he did it. He admitted to doing it, but because it was less than ten seconds, oh my God, it wasn't enough for sexual gratification. You have to do it for sexual gratification purposes, right? If someone had a stain on the back of their pants and you're wiping it off, that's not a crime. But if you're grabbing them to, to, grat- to give yourself a rouse, that's a crime. So he said, well, it's less than sec- 10 seconds. It's not a crime. And everybody went nuts in Italy. It started actually with one of the actors from White Lotus. And they made all of these videos of them grabbing, it's usually women grabbing their breasts with a little counter on it, up at nine seconds, and then at the 10-second mark, they're like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong because I did it under 10 seconds. You see how long 10 seconds really is, and they're doing a TikTok and Instagram protest (laughs) to this judge's ruling. In my opinion, (laughs) the judge probably screwed up, but it's a little bit of a pushback. It's a pendulum swinging the other way. Like, I know a senator who you and I probably don't agree with any of his votes, but Al Franken... They threw that guy out of the Senate because 20 years before he was a senator, he made a joke about groping a woman's breast when he was a comedian, and you know, and the the you know how the pendulum has swung. You look at a woman the wrong way, you get fired from a job right now. And in Italy, there are a lot of older Italian men who think that this has got just gone way, way crazy. So this judge said, "No, nah, he groped her for." for nine seconds eight seconds because i think it was on video <laughs> that wasn't long enough to meet yeah. for his sexual arousal so it's not a cry
8: wow oh uh, there you have it folks hey listen Artie, you just uh, drew the ire of so many people i'm sure some agree too that's why you're a great radio guest and i love you plus you're brilliant and funny and handsome and all that stuff i was
13: uh, i was late working on a, a brief they did did curtis rig on me again today, no or? he didn't know he did not
8: going no, I'm, I'm talking about uh the folks that text me while you're on saying audie's delusional he's comparing apples and oranges audie doesn't get it most crimes aren't reported i Audi doesn't oh, yeah, get it okay. cops, are not a, cops well, hold on cops are not arresting people anymore you know all that stuff you know They're right. They're right. Let me tell you something. More crimes are reported now than
0: ever. No. Because everything's on video. Not true.
8: Cops cops are not arresting anybody anymore. That's true, too, by the way. I mean, it's just a completely different story. You know who
13: you you should get a guest on your show seriously? Hmm. Have on Chief Kemper of the NYPD, the Chief of Transit. He's a great guest. He knows how to handle himself on the radio. K-E-M-P-E-R. Okay. I'll text you his phone out. He's a great, great guest. Did you have him? And he'll take the interview. I've had him every, he's on every Thursday. I just do transit okay. Thursday. Okay. And he gives me the numbers. And he's uh, realistic. Yeah. He, he talks about the slashings. He talks yeah. about the stabbing. Well, let me
8: ask you this, because uh, I have to run here. Does he agree with you? He, he, that he's stupid. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to bring him he'll, on. He'll, <laughs> No, 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 he'll give you the real numbers. But there know, know, there's no, no such thing, Artie. Thing. There's no such thing as real numbers anymore. You do realize uh, that, right? Okay. The city he lies.
13: Will, look, Everybody he lies. He will tell. Look, he'll tell you. Last year, they arrested eleven thousand people for jumping the turnstile, yeah. and so far this year, they've arrested for almost thirty thousand people for jumping. That's for great. Time. I saw fifty thousand do it last headway, week alone.
8: Yeah. We
13: Sid, Sid, <laughs> we got to be positive you got
11: to be positive.
8: Uh, listen, I love you. You will great. You will great. I love you. We'll do it again next week. Thank you so we'll go much. to the
11: Rockaway Hotel. I want to go to the Rockaway
8: <laughs> Hotel. Okay, we're going to do it. I promise. There he is, folks. Promise. Always a great spot. Always a great spot. My dear friend, the great defense attorney, Arthur right, dollar That wraps up two great hours. We're not even close to being done. Come on now. Dove Heiken, Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, all that and more. Keep it right here. Glenn Campbell, rhinestone
0: cowboy. On the road to my Horizon But I'm gonna
2: Radio 77 W.A.B.C. 77 W.A.B.C. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. I no, I get by with a little help from my friend.
12: There's a boy on a
18: western band and it's sun
8: My good buddy Anthony, this is a great song. You know I was on Top 100 Hits of the 70s on Google at about five, 5 o'clock this morning. Brandy's a great song. But my buddy Anthony, who owns the garage where I buy a lot of my clothing, I've got two guys. And you know what's funny? They texted me one after another, ironically. We went from Joseph Aboud to Anthony. And Anthony writes, remember, you couldn't play the 45s if you didn't have that little yellow insert. Remember that the little yellow thing it was like a circle but and it fit into the middle of the 45 right. album
10: or if to put on the record player Yeah. and they were yellow those yeah. inserts Yeah those are there's another way though you could have this you could have the um, adapter and put that on the turntable Okay
8: that I didn't have that I had you what Anthony's have, talking about the little yellow insert yeah, that would stick yes, in the middle of the album that
10: was most of the time Yeah. but then you could still put it it, it didn't have to go on the record. It sat on top of the turntable. Oh, look at you. This silver. See, uh, you're a middle... DJ guy. So yeah. you know about that. that yeah, that, they made adjustments to gotcha. that. But it was the 45s were the big thing.
8: Huge. They were huge. huge. Yeah. And Abu checks in. He says, uh, Sid, this is why I love you. How do polish- how politicians afford $5,000 suits and multimillion dollar homes when they work for us? Epping thieves. And he wrote the curse word. Joseph Aboud. Oh my God. He's I, furious. That is so I, unlike him. Well, it's just a joke when I hear about, oh, nope. they, they they work for nothing. That is
16: unbecoming of a male. Right you now, of a fashion designer right now.
8: But he's right. I mean, they're all millionaires. All these, uh, all these politicians who, in their hearts go out and work for us, they don't work for us. We work for them. Are you nuts? And then, if God forbid, you're somewhat critical, oh my God. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, my God. Anyway, we've got uh, a couple of more really great guests stopping by today, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Dove Heikend. But uh, Arthur bringing up the Adams, talking about crime, and Adams was on with my dear friend Rosanna Scotto yesterday on Channel 5. I love Rosanna. And she gets on Eric Adams pretty good. i got to say, I've seen now the last two times the mayor has stopped by Good Day in New York, and Rosanna Scotto does not pussy out. She doesn't. She goes after him pretty good. And he never, ever, ever gives a good answer. What he said yesterday, Audie can talk till he's blue in the face, Corone, anybody who loves Eric. And I love all those guys. I love Frank Corone. I love Anthony Corone. I love Audie Idala. I love all of them. Eleonora, Srugo. They all love Eric. I love all of them. They can talk till they're blue in the face. I have no idea what the F this mayor is talking about. Rosanna Scotto asked him about crime, and here's his answer. This is our uh, cut number 12.
2: 41% of New Yorkers say they have never been so on edge about their own safety. Uh, 87 point, 87% of New Yorkers think crime is either a very or somewhat serious problem. Why do New Yorkers feel that way?
1: Well, let's think about it for a moment. How do they start their day? Uh, they start their day. Listening to me. The, oh. uh, the news, uh, the, the morning <laughs> papers. They sit down and they see some of the most horrific events that um, may happen throughout the previous day. Uh, it plays on your psyche. We're clear on that. Uh, but my mission is to move people from what they felt huh? to what they're feeling. I got it. And no All one right. can take away the fact uh, that the city So is-
8: there you have it right now. I got to move people from what they felt to what they're feeling. Now, with that said, I ask you now, do you feel safer?
10: I, a lot safer. <laughs> a lot. Since yeah, I've come you want to explain
8: work, that one? Since I've come into work, I feel of safer. Of course. Actually, here I, I even played this for Artie, Alvin Bragg, who's one of the reasons why this city is so unsafe. He wakes up every day trying to put, you know, an old, uh, orange-faced, white male, billionaire, trying to put him in jail while he doesn't care about rapists and murderers and slashers. He's part of the problem. And he admitted yesterday he's, his family, he's
11: scared to death and they take the subway. Alvin Bragg, cut number 13. I know the statistics that transit crime is down, but when one of my family members gets on the train, no. I too get a knot in my stomach.
8: Well, then put these criminals in jail, dupe his face. Geez, <laughs> You want to fix it? You have the ability to do it. Put some of these people in jail, dummy. So Biden spoke yesterday talking about. It. <laughs> Duh! You dummy. He's in Lithuania. This uh, this president, you know, he's the president. I mean, you know that, and he's dealing with all these uh, world leaders, talking about a whole bunch of important stuff. You put Biden on stage with these world leaders, and America becomes the biggest embarrassment in the world. In the world, the man cannot complete a sentence. He can't. I mean, Eric, to his credit, the mayor, he completes a sentence. I just don't understand what the hell he's talking about.
10: Just, just no one knows. Yeah,
8: no, no, I have no idea. No, neither <laughs> does anybody else. But at least he's able to get the words out. Joe Biden yesterday in trying to say these four words, maybe five, if you want to actually put thirty-two ice two words, but thirty-two free-standing members. No, oh, he's getting up now. Oh, Justin, please say for me, thirty-two. Oh, that's free-standing members. Oh, wait. 32 free standing members. Thank you Lewis. Say it with me please. 32 free standing members.
10: We have 32 free standing
4: members.
8: Very good. Now okay. listen to the president try to say the same exact thing. Joe Biden cut number 4.
4: Soon NATO will be the 32nd freestanding, have free, 33 What? what? 32 freestanding <laughs> members no. No. standing together to defend our people. <laughs> See, are, continue continue. are you serious? <laughs> One more
8: time. This is Biden and Lithuania trying to save 32 freestanding members.
4: Soon, NATO will be the 32nd freestanding, have free <laughs> 33. <laughs> <laughs> 32, 32, 32, 33, 33. standing together uh, to defend our people and our territory. Well said, nicely done. Yeah. So, uh, they, Chris, must be, they must feel little so eloquent. i mean, they're sitting there going, "This is the guy
10: they voted yeah. in? Are you nuts?" <laughs> our country's doomed. Oh yes. my our God! Country's still going. Yeah.
12: <laughs>
8: then you get this lion-thieving bastard, Christopher Wray, the FBI director. He's on Capitol Hill lying about everything. And the MVP yesterday for Sid Rosenberg goes to Florida politician Matt Gates. And I got to tell you, Gates always is great. Remember last year there was that scandal about him and the underage girl or girls, and it looked like Matt Gates was going to be canceled. but but they never proved anything. Matt Gates is an innocent man, and he continues to stand up for the Republicans and Americans. Now look, don't get me wrong, he's a little wacky. He's in that same class as Marjorie Taylor Greene, Chip Roy, and the rest of them. But yesterday on Capitol Hill with Christopher Ray, who should be fired and/or put in prison, Matt Gates was at the very, very top of his game.
5: Don't believe me? Take a listen to number five: Gates up against Chris Ray. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, director?
6: I'm not going to get into commenting on that.
5: You you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? (laughs) Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? absolutely not the fbi well, does not has no oh, interest you in you want to answer the question about police. whether or not that's a shakedown and everybody knows why you won't answer it because to ev- to the millions of people who will see this they know it is and your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you
8: wow one more from matt gates talking once again about chris ray the fbi's blissful ignorance of the biden shakedown regime cut number 6
5: right there. It says, the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach at the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director A., is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee?
6: I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, i didn't have that piece of information. I will add, well, that was
5: a court order. you didn 't have that piece of information because the court hadn 't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on?
6: It was a, It was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the <laughs> January but it
5: was so you didn't The answer is the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions you 're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime.
8: There you have it. Matt Gates kicking the living daylights out of Christopher Wray, the FBI director on Capitol Hill yesterday. All right. Lots more to do. Gnome's Nuggets, the segment of the week. No segment on WABC at any point, any day gets higher ratings than O'Reilly and Rosenberg 840 on Thursdays. Nobody more entertaining than my dear friend Bo Deedle coming up live in studio at 9.05. And then live from Jerusalem, he's had enough of Joe Biden and the way he deals with the people in Israel. Former council member from Borough Park, Dove Hiken. All that's still a come. Randy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be.
18: Wears a braided chain made of finest silver from the north of Spain. A locket that bears the name of a man that Brandy loved. He came on a summer's day bringing gifts from far away. But he made it clear he couldn't stay. No the horror was his home. They said, I said, friendly, hey, you're a fine girl. What a good
2: life you would be. Such a but my life, my love, of my lady. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning.
0: How many of us?
2: 77 W.A.B.C. In the beginning, there was the baby photo. And Naomi showed it to everyone. Then... There was an internet radio show. Then there was Imus. Then came the book. Then came the other book. Then the TV appearances. Ready,
0: camera one.
2: Then the movie.
0: And action.
2: Then the other movie. And action. Then the big TV show. Right on set. Then the magazine photo shoot. Then, according to Nielsen, the number one news talk morning radio show in New York City. And now, it's a Official Sid Rosenberg is famous. I'm famous. Famous. famous!
8: You no, I didn't realize that this Caitlin Collins, this uh, young lady who butchered that CNN hour with Donald Trump and was really disrespectful. I mean, she was just grotesque. She looked pretty, nice white dress, attractive girl, but the way she treated Trump was disgusting. And that's why Lick should have been fired in the first place, not because he put Trump on CNN. Actually, they got great ratings. Great. But the way his employee, Collins handled the president, was the epitome of disrespect. And yet this girl, she's just a girl, got a, uh, a promotion. And she went from working on that failed morning show, which gets no ratings, with Don Lemon, that racist, he has already been fired, and uh, Poppy, to her own show at 9 p.m. And I believe her show at 9 p.m. came dead last. In fact, the business report in today's New York Post reads, Kate... The not so great in debut finished in dead last. No surprise. You could put on a white suit. You could blow your hair straight. You could look like a million bucks. But when you suck, you
9: suck. Good morning, Noam. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I am doing fine. I actually been spending some time this morning messing around with a uh, chat GBT. Have you, yeah. have you messed around with that?
8: Well, I've done it before. Um, I forgot. I think the first one to do it for me may have been Frank Morano and his guest, Marlene O'Shavo. They actually wrote a, a critique, a, criti- a critique of my book on this thing. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's a bad thing because kids who don't want to write reports in college and that type of thing, they now rely on this to do their schoolwork for them.
9: Well, so let's say I, I I'm I have it open now. I'm going to say, let's write a poem about Sid Rosenberg. All let's right, see what comes up. Okay, it's generating. Hold on a second. I right, have taking it awful... off. Oh, here we go. Okay. In the realm of a radio legend does reside a voice that captivates with passion as its guide. Stop. Sid Rosenberg, a name that echoes through the waves with humor and charisma, a master who behaves. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, this is right now. I just came did. This. Up. Yeah, just, just now. by saying my name. Yeah. So now let's uh-huh. try term paper about Sid Rosenberg. I called you a legend. <laughs> yeah, he did go. Wow. and okay, so master. <laughs> uh, hold on. I
16: term paper. Yeah, term good. paper yeah.
9: about, I spelled it wrong, Sid oh, Rosenberg. I'm we doing some real time here. Real time. Okay, here we go. Term <laughs> paper about Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh wow.
16: Oh wow. my God. Okay.
9: Oh, no. <laughs> so it comes up the influence and impact of Sid Rosenberg in radio broadcasting that's the title of the um, of the paper and then it gives you an abstract this term paper aims to explore the influential career of Sid Rosenberg in the realm of radio broadcasting through an examination of his unique style witty banter and passionate commentary this paper will analyze the impact Sid Rosenberg has had on the industry additionally it'll discuss his ability to connect with audiences then it breaks down the introduction, a background on Sid, the purpose and scope of the paper, the early years and rise to prominence of Sid Rosenberg. Unique style and broadcasting approach. Oh, my God. There's there's ten pages here. While you're doing all
8: this, this is a great exercise. Great. And while it's very flattering, it really is very flattering and humbling, i got to tell you, it borders on terrifying. Well. That you could put my name, just say my name, and now you've been provided with reams and reams. Of not just information, but creativity.
9: Yeah. That's scary. Well, let's see how creative it can get because right. here's the fear the fear is is that ai is going to take everybody's job right and that could be true potentially in radio right so could they do a sid rosenberg show oh, God, without no. sid rosenberg oh, of course could, not so i'm going to type in uh, type it in sid I'm, yeah. because lou is the guy you talk to most of the time so i'm going to say sid and lou have a conversation <laughs> this is great about Mayor Adams. Okay. okay. This is, once again, what is this called now? Okay, so Chat, hold on, I'm going to bring Chat the script. GBT. Hold on, I'm going to bring the script into you. One second. All right. What is the name of this again? Uh, ChatGBT. Hold on. ChatGBT. Yeah. Okay.
8: Hold on a second. All right. He's actually bringing the script into me. I'm no. G-P-T, GPT. GPT. P is in Peter. All right.
16: P is in Peter.
8: It says, Sid Rosenberg. This is your script? Do you have oh, your script, wow, Lewis? Man. This comes from Chat. GPT. Oh my God. Here we go. With Bill O'Reilly and Bo Deedle and Dove Hiking coming up next. Yeah, that's, that's okay, all so he did was type
9: in our names, right? I, I typed in your names and I said, have a conversation. Cause I figure you talk, you make fun of Mayor Adams. So I said, have a conversation where you're making fun of Mayor Adams. Lou Rafino and Sid Rosenberg. That's all I typed in. And there's, here's the script that came up. All right, so if you want to try it, go for it.
8: Good morning, New York. You're listening to WABC, where the voices of the people are heard. And speaking of voices, we've got Lou Rapino in the studio with me, and we've got something to get off our chest today. Lou, can you
10: believe this new Mayor Adams? Oh, Sid, don't get me started on Mayor Adams. It's like having a walking snooze button in City Hall. I, I mean, I've seen garden gnomes with more charisma. You're not kidding, Loom.
8: I've seen mayonnaise sandwiches with more flavor than this guy. I thought being the mayor meant being a leader, not a sleep-inducing
10: bedtime story. Exactly. I mean, I'm not asking for a comedian in City Hall, but a little personality wouldn't hurt. Mayor Adams... <laughs> Mayor Adams is so boring, he could make watching paint dry seem like a thrill ride.
8: You know, Lou, I've seen traffic cones with more exciting plans for the city. I bet if you put Mayor Adams in charge of a birthday party, he'd find a way to make it as exciting as a root canal. <laughs>
10: I can already picture it, Sid! Mayor Adams cutting the birthday cake with all the enthusiasm of a sloth on (laughs) Ambien! And don't even get me started on his speeches. I, su- <laughs> I, swear, I swear I've seen snails move faster.
8: You know what it is, Lou? It's like he's trying to bore us into submission, you know. Maybe he thinks if he talks slow enough, we'll all forget our complaints and just fall asleep.
10: <laughs>
8: I mean, I've tried counting sheep, but listening to Mayor Adams is a guaranteed cure for insomnia. <laughs> yeah,
10: you, you hit the nail on the head, Sid, and it's not just his lack of charisma, it's his policy too. It's like he's trying to turn New York into the city that never does anything interesting. <laughs> maybe he's secretly working for the mattress industry trying to boost sales.
8: Yeah. You know, that's a funny one, though That wouldn't surprise me. I can already imagine the new tourism campaign. Visit New York, the city of yawns. But hey, maybe we're being too hard on the guy. Maybe he'll surprise us all with a burst of energy and some innovative ideas. Or maybe we'll just keep counting sheep.
10: (laughs) (laughs) We could. Well, I hope for the sake of our great city, he wakes up from his nap and starts making things happen. Until then, I'll be here sipping my coffee and waiting for some excitement to come out of City Hall.
8: Amen to that, Lewis. And to all our listeners out there, let's keep the conversation going. Call in and let us know your thoughts on Mayor Adams. We might just have to start a Wake Up Adams campaign. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that that was great, by the way, Lewis, that Chat G P T
9: just wrote all of that. In, In 15 seconds. And I have one more thing for you. I asked, uh, I asked this right before we came on the air because I had to sync this up. So it took a little longer, but same thing. I asked, uh, chat GPT to come up with a song about you and, uh, but to put it to music, it took an extra minute. So I had to do it off the air. But again, the song came up in 15 seconds. And then here's a woman rapping the song about
12: you.
4: Yo, listen up. I got a story to tell about a man named Sid. He's the king of the bell. He's on 77 WABC, spitting rhymes so fine. Tune in every morning. It's a heck of a time. He's got sports politics and all the latest news with Sid Rosenberg. You just can't lose. He's got the energies, the wit. <laughs>
12: <us. laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
8: good stuff, man. It's not as good that stuff. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah.
9: I mean, that script was, you know, not how you would normally talk, but, right. know, but it's amazing it came up with. Uh, that's great, great work. Right. we we'll retirement
3: soon.
16: That's great. It had to be fooled. Yeah. No, Matt, it's great gonna,
3: work. You're just going to have that John GPT write, uh,
16: write my sports reports. <laughs> 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 You're right. And you can do idea. them,
8: too, while they're at it.
16: <laughs>
12: yeah. uh, we
8: got uh, three great guests in a row about to come your way. Bill O'Reilly.
2: Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Dove all set to stop by. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
8: i have got a very busy couple of days coming up. Tonight, I'm going to Rayo's with uh, Bo. Bo will be live in studio coming up in about 20 minutes, as he is every Thursday at 9.05. Then uh, tomorrow, I'll be back at the ballpark. Maimonides Ballpark in Brooklyn, where the Brooklyn Cyclones play the single-A affiliate of the Mets. We do this every year. We honor FDNY firefighters that we lost last year. In fact, last year, my son Gabriel threw out the first pitch with Peter King, so I'm back in Brooklyn honoring firefighters tomorrow. And then Saturday, I'm really excited about this, City Field, Mets and Dodgers. Once again, my great friend Bill O'Reilly invited me and my son, and I believe Laura, too, Curran to the game on Saturday. And that brings me to this. He was, he still is, he'll always be the best in this business. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC or his own website, which is great. Great. Bill O'Reilly.com. the interviews, the TV shows, the columns, his morning message. Read that every day. And, of course, the Killing Series with Killing the Witches coming up next in a long line of hit books. Here he is. My good buddy Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. How are you,
14: pal? Now do you have your costume? The sisters of perpetual yes. indulgence ready to I go? Told, I told Gabe all about that. He's yeah, like, I'm not going to make Gabe wear one, <laughs> but you and I have to go uh, in the nun habit to taunt the Dodgers. Yes, yes. Um, you know, over this insane uh, thing that they had out in, on the West Coast. So we're looking forward to uh, Saturday night with the Mets. We're putting them on notice that we uh, expect. A much better performance in the second half of the year.
8: I know we expect that. I had uh, my friend Joe Benningo, WFAN Legend, on yesterday. And while we expect that, I said, is that a fair expectation based upon the players we've gotten, some of our aging and banged-up pitchers? And he said, yeah, it may be. He says he doesn't think the Mets are going to make a real run of it in the second half.
14: I don't know. I mean, um, but I'm a kind of guy who, for my whole life, when somebody pays me, I do whatever I can to make the endeavor successful. Whatever I can do, I just bust my butt. Right. That's what I expect to see
8: on that field. Let me ask you this. What if Joe – this, is of course, it are taking as hypothetical. But what if Joe Biden paid you, Bill O'Reilly, to make him and his administration – Look like they're doing a good job. Could you pull
16: that off? No.
14: <laughs> no, no. I was on News Nation with Chris Cuomo last night, and I demanded that Cuomo take over the White House press corps from Jean Pierre.
8: <laughs> he'd be better.
14: He would. He would. He would. He would. And he's, he's no. By the way, than... he's no. He's
8: no Mensa either. But he'd be better than him. Well,
14: no, nah, that's not fair. I mean, Cuomo's a smart guy. He's an, he's oh, an attorney, God. but he doesn't want to know. See, the Biden supporters now don't want to know about their guy and Trump is the same thing you know the MAGA people they don't want to hear it they love him. they love Trump they don't want to hear anything bad it's exactly the same for Biden but not everybody is one of those two categories there I think the majority of Americans now are getting pretty angry about the state of their country. So let me just segue into something that disturbed me, annoyed me yesterday, this Christopher Ray guy, yep. okay? Every time I see this guy, I just go, you know, he's not telling the truth. He knows the FBI is corrupt. He knows he's partially responsible for that. And he puts his own welfare, his own paycheck his own um, satisfaction above the good of the country. Let me give you six things, and I'm a simple man. Uh, Rosenberg knows that more than anyone. I am a simple man. A cheeseburger, just ketchup. (laughs) Don't need the secret sauce. Don't need onion rings on the cheeseburger. I'm simple. Okay. Okay. The FBI is the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world. For decades, the American people trusted the FBI at TV shows. you got a TV show now. I think it's on CBS. I wrote a book called Killing the Mob. I traced the FBI from its very beginnings right up into modern times. It is now the most corrupt agency, law enforcement agency in this country, and that's just stunning. Let me give you six short, simple reasons why. Everybody get a pen and paper? I do. First, yep. the FBI used bogus false information, which they knew to be false, to get FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. They, they did it. Everybody knows they did it. And that's number one. Number two, the FBI suppressed information about the Hunter Biden laptop and about COVID vax dissent by going to Twitter and other social media, physically going there. Agents physically went into these buildings and told the social media company, this is kind of Russian disinformation here. Now, if an FBI agent walks into your office and says that, you pay attention. That's two. By the way, the
8: the first two that you just mentioned, all three of those topics were asked of Christopher yesterday on Capitol Hill, and he laughed at the notion of all three.
14: I'll I'll get to that. I'm just giving you facts. He can laugh all he wants at facts, okay? These are facts. All right? The FBI suppressed information they got weeks before January 6th that there would be trouble at the Capitol. The information came from FBI informants inside the Proud Boys organization. They had the information. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't put it out to the public. They sat on it. Fact. Four the FBI suppressed allegations from another informer that then-Vice President Joe Biden took money from Hunter and his brother Joe, Jim, I should say, from foreign concerns. The FBI memorialized that in a memorandum, and then when Congress asked to see it, Ray wouldn't turn it over until They threatened him with contempt of Congress, and he still hasn't turned it over. He showed it to them. And finally, in the George Floyd riots, the FBI stood down. They didn't bring prosecutions against any of the Antifa that crossed state lines and the Black Lives Matter that crossed state lines to foment riots. Not one. Okay? You need any more about the corrupt
8: FBI, I mean, does uh,
14: anybody need any more?
8: That is that is a scary litany, a and well done, by the way, Bill, as always with you, very well done. But a scary litany of what these people do,
14: and it is beyond any doubt. So MSNBC and CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of this corrupt media—they can't say it didn't happen. It did. Everything I told you in stone, in fact. Now you go to the hearing yesterday, and there's Ray. You know, huh? he knows that he can just bamboozle, I love that word, <laughs> everybody in that committee, the Judiciary Committee, because the Democrats, they don't want to know anything. They don't want to know anything. They don't care how corrupt the FBI is as long as the corruption helps their party. And the Republicans, what they want to do is make a speech. They didn't want to ask penetrating questions. Look, you give me a half hour with Chris Ray, O'Reilly and Ray. that's it. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, you're
8: going to kill him. You're going to kill him.
14: You're going to what kill do you him. Thinks, even if he died, oh, I can't talk. I, I would make him. Yeah. I mean, he would be a puddle <laughs> when I got through with
8: him. I know. I mean, the, the one guy yesterday, and he's not you, certainly not you, but the one guy yesterday, who every now and then comes off a bit psychotic, I'll admit that, but I thought that a good job was Matt Gates out of Florida.
14: He had a very good point when he said to Ray, you look totally unconcerned about any of this. Right,
8: almost like you're protecting the Bidens and like you yeah, it, don't it, care. You're
14: uncurious yeah. about any of this. Right. All right, now if the FBI gets... Here's how it works. And when you're at rails with Bo Deedle, you can discuss this over meatballs. (laughs) Okay?
12: Okay?
14: (laughs) Here's how it works. An FBI informer who they've used before, the bureau used before, comes in and tells agents, I have this evidence, or I heard this, or here's who said it, that then Vice President Joe Biden took money from hunter biden and jim biden from foreign concerns in china romania ukraine and russia the agent writes down the allegation and it's an allegation it's not proved or anything like that but they write it down and then it goes into headquarters in dc because it's big accusation against the sitting president okay the FBI then should, is mandated, we pay for this, the taxpayers, investigate that. Sure. Did they?
8: No. Or Just like when they had the Hunter laptop, and then they lost it. If you're the FBI, and you've got Hunter Biden's laptop, maybe you believe this stuff, maybe you don't, but there's everything on there from prostitutes, fine, smoking crack, fine, to what you're talking about, doing stuff with these other countries – And you lose the laptop?
14: Yeah, but that's not – they found it, and they verified that it was Hunter Biden saying all this stuff. But they are mandated to look into what they call credible allegations. If you're paying an informant with taxpayer money, you're using the man or woman over and over, they come to you with this, you have to investigate Of
6: course, yeah.
14: But Course. it isn't being investigated. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's <laughs> just insane.
8: Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, at the most, really, for me, the, the most, um, I guess, the toughest part of watching all this was here's Christopher Ray, who you pointed out brilliantly and made all those five or six points what they did wrong. The FBI. He's clearly lying. He's clearly lying. But where I get frustrated is, correct me if I'm wrong, he was appointed by Trump.
14: And I but think it, it, that doesn't matter. Trump doesn't know Christopher Ray. I know, but there were Somebody people without, but, but, said, but, yes, yeah. but,
8: but there were Go people ahead. that but there were people that warned and I again I'm not sure this is true, but I've been told this. There were people that warned Donald Trump that this guy's gonna come back and, and
14: hurt you and I don't here know it that, is. I don't know. I'll, next okay. time I see Trump or talk to him, I'll ask him. And he'll tell me the truth. Okay, good. But, but, but what's important is the first point you just made that Ray is smart enough to know that he and his agency are in the tank. Yep. He knows that. But just like Comey before him, he's never going to admit it. Because if he admitted it, he might be charged with obstruction or conspiracy down the road. He'll never in a million years – He'll always obfugate, Word of the day. Great word. Any question that you ask him. <laughs>
8: yeah, but every criminal does that. Whether you're asking Bill Clinton about Monica or O.J. about murder. right? So the question becomes: He's not going to make any admissions. But the question becomes: He's clearly lying, like anybody can tell. Any naked eye who's not agenda-driven. Uh, what What could happen here? What could What are realistic repercussions? There's only for, one.
14: Like, what is it? Congress cuts off funding to the FBI or cuts back funding. They want a new headquarters in D.C. There's no way they're going to get that at this point in history. So remember, the House advances and has to approve. Congress has to approve spending. And the House is going to cut off spending to the FBI or cut it back drastically. That's the only thing that can happen.
8: So nothing's going to happen to Chris Ray personally.
14: Not now. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be, and look, if the Republicans win in '24 and take over Congress and the presidency, he's out. All of the. Oh yeah, he'll yeah. be out. He, he'll yeah. resign way before that. By the way, he's not going to. You know, he'll. Right. I think. I think Ray will resign this year. Um, and he'll try to, you know, lawyer up and then write a book. You know, they all do the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you would have to have the Republicans in charge and then launch investigations into the corrupt FBI and hold them accountable. Whether that will ever happen, remember, it's the swamp. Do they want to dismantle the FBI? Probably not. Even Trump? You know, Trump was not as proactive in, in rooting out corruption as he should have been.
8: Or, for that matter, now that we brought this up and I love Trump and I want him to win desperately, even cleaning the swamp. He talked a lot about doing that. He didn't really do that
14: now, did he? No, I mean, but I don't blame him for that because those people are entrenched. They have unions behind them. These are the careerists in, in D.C. and the yep. culture there is yep. uh, Democrat and liberal. Right, but. Right. You know, I said to Trump one time, hey, you know, you've got to move into Chicago and other cities with U.S. attorneys and take over just like they did in New Orleans. You can't allow all these African Americans to be slaughtered in the streets. You've got to move the federal law enforcement apparatus into these cities to protect these poor people. And he goes, yeah, yeah, and he never did it. Never did it. Hmm.
8: Well, I know he cared, and I know he—I mean, he did bring it up, for that matter. But um, I guess no one's perfect, right, Bill? <laughs> except, except Bo Deedle. <laughs> He's coming up next. I'm looking at the great Bo Deedle right now. Hey, listen, this was a a great conversation, Gabe, and I can't wait to see you on Saturday night. I mean that wholeheartedly. Thank you for all you do for me on this show, off the show. You're the absolute best.
14: All right. I want to tell the Mets we're sitting pretty near you. So you guys <laughs> better be good on Saturday night or I'll help break on a loose in Citi Field. That's for sure. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll see you at the ballpark on okay. Saturday. Thank
8: Thanks you, ben. for having me in. Bye. Of course, there he is, the great Bill O'Reilly, who, of course, uh, does his own show, 9 p.m. every weeknight. It's a great show, BillOReilly.com. And with us for this huge segment, 840 every Thursday. That wraps up. Three hours of the Thursday edition. we got a very cool fourth and final hour to come, which includes the aforementioned great Bo Dito live in studio. And we'll go live to Jerusalem, where the Israelis now have had enough of Joe Biden. We'll get that from Dove Heiken. Fourth and final hour coming up.
2: 77 wabc sit in friends in the morning 77 wabc
8: all right all right all right all right hey now 907 thursday morning fourth and final hour and uh, we put this time aside every Thursday. My man Bo, who does a great job over the phone, mind you, seven forty every Tuesday morning. Stops in, looking all handsome and dapper Thursday mornings, tan, great suit, great tie, perfect pocket square. He's got the American flag on his lapel, he's got beautiful crocodile. you know, alligator skin shoes. Oh, I mean Crocodile. Oh, there you go, crocodile. He is uh, he's as good as it gets. You know, a boot and Anthony talk about well dressed guys in the city. You're not gonna beat Bo Deedle, <laughs> and I have the honor tonight of sitting next to Bo. At, uh, of course, his place, Rayo's. On a Thursday night, if you go to Rayo's with Bo Deedle, you've it. made it. You've made it. You've made it. That's it. So
17: I know I've made it. I'll be there tonight. Good morning, Bo Deedle. Hey, Sid. Well, like always, I only turn into one station in the morning when I get up at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Thank you. And I catch a little bit of the overnight fool, but then I, then the, the real man comes <laughs> on you. I'm tired you. of flying saucers. Enough already with the flying saucers and all that crap. Hey, let's get down to it. Arthur Adella, one of the great attorneys. He's one of the, he's one of the great attorneys there ever been. Arthur's my lawyer in a lot of things. Me too. but, But I'm gonna be honest with you. I think he must be taking mushrooms or smoking <laughs> something. All of a sudden, he's got the balls of tation to come on here and talk about that crime is down and non-existent. I, I mean, it, it's, well, it's no, well, crazy. Well, tell me
8: this, because you, you, and again, I know that, yeah. uh, but bring this up right off the bat before we get to Audie, and that is your amazing podcast that you do every week.
17: Oh, yeah. You know, want to know something? Everybody should turn to Bo Needle's true crime story. Yesterday, I talked about the uh, sewerage, where New York City's going. That's Bo Bo Dietl, you guys could go on a Bo Deedle's True Crime podcast. It's a great, it's a
8: great podcast. You, you two talk about crime. So, you were a cop during the time uh, when, when Audie says it was worse than 70s, 80s. And my contention is some of the numbers may have been as high or higher, but in my lifetime, if God's good to me, I'll be 57 in
17: April. Nothing's worse than right now. You were a cop. You bought it. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, you know what, Arthur? With all due respect, I was there. You weren't there. You were sucking on your thumb, Arthur. I was there during the turbulent 70s and 80s. Yes, we had 2,000 murders in New York City. And a lot of them have been distinguished because they got whacked. Some of these bad guys, these gang members. I went after the Savage Skulls, the Seven Immortals. They were shooting everybody. Why there's less murders? Because they got murdered the most of them. But the difference, Arthur, let me bring you to the life stream of reality. Back then, I was a decoy. I got mugged 500 times here, yeah, stabbed, shot out all that crap. But the point was, we were able, as cops, to do our job. Go out there, lock these scumbags up, and put them in jail. Okay, statistics. Here's your statistics. Talk to the 70% of people that are fearful walking around. People are more fearful now than in the 70s and 80s. Even Alvin Bragg Bragg says he's nervous to put his family on the subway. Even even a fat pig there. Alvin Bragg has got a knot in his stomach. Maybe from eating six pizzas, you fat pig. (laughs) But the point is he doesn't even want his kids to go on the subway. Look at perception, perception. And then these Phony numbers. What they do is they get a robbery and they downgrade it to larceny. Right. This is bullcrap, all, all these numbers. Let right. me tell you. The fact is you got cops. We're down from... 40,000 to close to 30,000 cops. We don't have enough of cops out there. And now they want to defund them. And those fools in city council now want them to do paperwork. They want them to do this and do that. And you know what? You took the hard soul. Used to be when I was a cop and when the cops were out there, and I love cops. When we were out there, we were proactive. We'd go up on these gang members, driving around on these scooters at 60 miles an hour with uh, guns on the back of the scooter. None of the cops are stopping them. You know why? Because they don't want to get involved because they'll lose their job and right. their pensions. Not only that, but I feel like
8: the majority, and maybe I'm wrong here. This could, but this could, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like back then the majority of the crimes were committed in, in neighborhoods that had high crime, I feel like now
17: every community is on. You're, you're on, a, your on a, you're on, you're on something right there. We worked in, we started citywide anti-crime, the Avenue of street crime unit. We used to be deployed around where the highest crimes were. I'm talking about East Harlem. I'm talking about the Killing Fields, the Seven Five. I'm talking about South Bronx. We'd be up there every night, taking right. these punks and battling them, but we were able to lock them up. And when you locked them up, they went to jail. They didn't go out the door. <laughs> Not the bull crap. These right. statistics. Now, Arthur Adela, one of the great lawyers. He had pimple face, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, he was he was not guilty. I tell you what, Arthur. If you had Jeffrey Dahmer as your client, you would just say he was only hungry. Stop it, Arthur. Please, I respect you too much, Arthur. You would defend Jeffrey Dahmer and say he he just wanted more to eat. That's it. <laughs> My point is, Arthur, you're living in a vacuum cleaner or whatever the hell it is. Fact is, too, and I heard my friend Arthur still sucking up the Big Bird with the with the chestnut hair uh, uh, de Blasio and his lovely wife. She's no Haley Barr. That's all I said. She's no Haley (laughs) Bailey. And all I can say is I really don't care what Bill de Blasio does. What I care about is my attorney general of New York State. Why aren't we investigating that billion and a half dollars? Why?
8: It's a very good question, and we should, and we should get that money
12: back.
17: Now, perception. (laughs) Yeah. I love this perception crap. Everyone I talk to, I walk around. I can get into the crap every minute, Sid. Every minute I can get into the crap with these punks on the street. You know what they do, Sid? Like you, Sid. What do they do? They look in your eyes, and they know you're not going to be a tomato. And if they mess with Sid... You ain't going to be a tomato. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Sid. I know you got your butt kicked by, by man, my man. God rest well, his soul. That was 20 years ago. Uh, God yes. rest his But I'm going to yeah. tell you something. Right now, you got ball bag, And if they mess with you, Sid, just punch the living crap out of them, <laughs> and yeah. we'll defend you. And I tell you what. I wonder if Arthur would defend you. He would probably feel for the guy that you just <laughs> beat into the ground. Enough, Arthur, please, you're a great lawyer. Uh, Come no, to he... Earth. Come to Earth. <laughs> now the headline in the New York Post. And now all of a sudden you had a cineac or whatever it's called. Uh, what's that called that college? Uh, oh, Siena. Quint- oh, no, Sienna. Sienna. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Seventy percent of the people are living in fear. This is not perception. This is reality. And <laughs> yeah. again, why are arrests down? are happened to be up for the month of June. It's extremely up. I think it's 40% up for the month of June from last year. Yeah. So why are you arresting? Because Al- cops aren't arresting anybody. I'm not arresting anybody. they're not arresting right? anybody i am quite had doubt. Of course. And you can't tell me you don't feel if your daughter, we were with her yesterday, if she had to go in the subway, you wouldn't be worried? S- scared to death, Bo. Scared. I don't like when she walks. Oh, just walks. Down I got by sons park. and daughter and my grandson yeah, in New guy. York and yeah. I'm scared. Of course. Stiff and you want to know something, I'm scared stiff for everyone. Thank God I'm able to still carry a gun. But everybody out there doesn't have a gun. And the bad guys look in your eyes, and they go, this guy in his suit, this old man, maybe he's going to be uh, popcorn. Then I look him in the eye, and they read your eyes, Mm -hmm. and they know this ain't going down Mm -hmm. easy. Because if I'm going down, I'm taking him out with me, okay? (laughs) If you think you're going to rob me or assault me, I will take you down, and I will defend myself. I don't know if I'll hire Arthur. I may have to go to Tacopina because Arthur might feel for the guy he took down. I don't know. <laughs> no. But uh, point, point Arthur's a great lawyer, but he's a little wavering a little bit, a little bit. And then you know when, when Alvin Bragg came out when Alvin Bragg came out and said he's in fear, that said it all. Alvin Maybe there's good hope for you, Alvin. Why don't you try and see God? Why don't you talk to the mayor? And he has an interview with God this week. Is the mayor interviewing God this week, Sid? I think he is. It'll be uh, tomorrow at 9, Bo Bodito, tomorrow at 9. And then we go back to the retirements. We talk about it all the time. We're talking about a police force that was 40,000 strong of cops doing their job. Now we're down to almost close to 30,000 cops. We don't. Have enough for and, police. And why,
8: why, why, would that be the case after that humongous raise that cops just got to 55000 I know yeah. kids. $55,000, yeah.
17: you got three kids. What are you gonna give them? Hamburger, helper? This is a fool. <laughs> ridiculous. Four, $5.9 billion police budget. And these fools in the city council want to take a billion dollars away from the police department. I, it's ridiculous. Now it's just going down and down. And now they work. You, they brought the qualifications down. And I said it on the show Tuesday. Now they want to wipe out their records. Felonies, misdemeanors, and all that's it.
8: You know, it's funny you bring that up, too, because, and once again, Bo Dito you're at the top of a lot of stories. Chicago, I go yeah. back six years ago with you. So I had a gentleman in here a couple of days ago. It was a great interview. Yeah. The guy's in Vegas now, but he was in Princeton, New Jersey, about uh, 25 years ago. He's been with Vegas for 24 years. And he said, he goes, you know, he goes, one of the issues I think you have here in New York is the standards, He's like, I see cops every day walking around the city that are not even in good enough shape to
17: serve a hamburger, let alone be a cop. Right. And they want to bring the, they want to bring the qualifications down again. Okay. Little bit of a Fox News alert. Fox (laughs) News alert. Lachlan, lucky sperm. Guess what's happening, Lachlan? You don't have to just worry about your $2.5 billion Samaritech voting (laughs) You gotta worry about deal. I just hired two lawyers. We're filing a lawsuit. I I got two lawyers for defamation and slander. I'm a Chinese spy, you punk. The only Chinese I have, and I won't eat it anymore. I won't eat Chinese food anymore. And you little punk, put me in there the headlight. All garbage. You can't do that to me. So everybody says, you're taking on this giant. He's a lucky sperm punk. And you know what? You can end this, and you know we can't even fire him. They can't fire him because Daddy controls the board of directors. But here's how we get to News Corp. All our listeners, take that stock down faster than Kachita Rivera. Take it down. Sell your stock in News Corp. Because I'll keep coming. Okay. You know about our good friend Geraldo
8: Rivera is going to be on this show tomorrow, coming up at eight forty. Yeah. Well, you know, a uh, party with him last weekend. Yeah, so. I was
17: with him last weekend. Yeah. But <laughs> the reality is. You know what the whole story with these lawsuits are? He's the culprit. He's the one on the emails, on the text messages. That's why he settled the first one. No, he's not going to get the post because he'll get caught in perjury. And you know who the main witness is? My good friend used to have the 8 o'clock show. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, my man. And you want to know something? They're going to settle with Tucker, you know, because he's got a gun on his ball bag. You know what a gun on a ball bag is? When someone talks to you and pulls the trigger back, unless you... Tell me the truth, I'm going to blow your balls away. And that's what it's all about. Now... Kind of
8: like uh, Louis Rialis with you on the house right you know, Louis <laughs> all right. But you
17: know what? People can't throw my name around like that. No, don't get You know, that. I'm I'm a professional. I, I'm loud. The I'm boisterous. But you want to know something? You're the best. I would die for every cop out there. I had something that happened by my building on Fifth Avenue last week, last Thursday, a week ago. All of a sudden, there was a fire in the garbage can by the public library. Across the street. Yep. Next thing is a captain. I'm not going to mention her name, but I had the chief of the the, the borough there. After She comes and she starts screaming and yelling, pushing people. You're going to get blown up. She empties out two buildings. I said, Captain, why are you emptying the buildings? You're letting people out. If there's some kind of incendiary devices in those garbage cans, you're going to kill people. Right. And I'm yelling. And she's yelling. Nye, nye, nye. So I'll be honest with you. you got a great chief of the New York City police but He goes right in front of her. Bo is right. And I'm telling you, I worry. You know what I worry about? When you have a bomb scare in a building like we have a bomb scare, you empty the building, you have emergency service, you search. You don't empty hundreds of people on the street where there might be some sort of danger. I'm not smart. I'm not a captain. I'm not an inspector. I'm nobody. Wow. She didn't realize that? But the, but I've got to be honest with you, the chief of the Manhattan uh, Police i excited with me 100%. And the, and the precinct commander, Midtown South, a black guy, great guy. And you want to know something? I don't do this to embarrass anybody. It's just, if if it was true, if, imagine if you had incendiary or bombs and garbage. Now you empty out two buildings. What you should have done, put a cop in front of the building and say, you can't leave it until we know it's safe. Right. Duh, I'm not smart. <laughs> I'm not smart. <laughs> but listen, but this just shows you the qualification of what's floating around out there. Talking about inspectors. Hey, Redmond, dickhead, remember Bo Dino when I ran for mayor? When I was in front of Gracie Mansion against Big Bird? I put a target right up on your fence. Remember when he allowed, oh, you're allowed to pee all over the streets? I remember it. So well. I put a target. I said, He comes on. hey, Bo, you can't do it. I said, get away from me. You can't do Now he's in a jackpot. You yeah. know why? Why? Because he lied. Yes, he and did. And now he got, what did he get, suspended, fired, he locked got, up? He
8: got fired, and he, and he may even be in jail. Oh, my God. As of late last night or early this morning, I I don't like the guy either. I've got my own personal reasons. You know what they are. Um, But uh, at the end of the day, he's a bad guy. He's a very, very bad guy. And he deserves all the bad that's happening to him
17: now. How the times are changing. My friend 50 Cent who used to be a gangbanger, tough guy, probably killed guys that got away no, with it. Of course. Sorry, uh, 50, I ain't got no inside information, but I know you were good with the old uh, with the old 9-Mill man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He actually came out because he's become a person that has reached the epitome of intelligence
8: yeah, right good. now. He's good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. I, like, I like he. Pretty- actually, you know, our uh, mutual friend who was in Gravesend with us, Christopher Mermando, yeah. did a long uh, TV show on Channel well, 7 with well, 50 I Cent. I like
17: 50 Cent. You know yeah. what? I always say people can be cured, and he's cured, and he actually came out and said, what's happening in L.A. is the end of Los Angeles as Done. we know it. Done. And when you get a guy like, when he says no bail in L.A. means that LA's going down. We got that going on in New York. When do we turn this around? And I keep praying every day. I text our mayor. I text Phil Banks. Please, let's start it in New York with the gun violence. That could be the tip of the iceberg. And when I listen to O'Reilly, that was on your show before. You know what? I think that was the greatest interview of Bill O'Reilly. He nailed every aspect about in 2020 when they had people with the Proud Boys, when they had people there yes. knowing there was going to be a problem in the Capitol. Yes. Every aspect about the FBI. I, I, I can't say. Chisel. Chisel. tear And chisel. Uh, uh, taking information about Trump, about this fake dossier. And it was all brought up and he hit the nail on the head. O'Reilly, you're one smart mother. <laughs> and if you want to come to rails tonight, I may have a seat I, th- for you.
8: I think you wanted a coming segment. Well, you you, 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 Bo, you,
17: you invite you him up I will. if you want I, to. I, I do. I and I'm going <laughs> to tell you something. That was the best segment. O'Reilly is a very smart man. Yes, he I is. wish I was as smart as you boy, are O'Reilly. smart. You but I not smart. No, I have a doctorate. You know where my doctorate's from? Doctor of the streets. Thank you. And those are the smartest
8: people I know. Because I couldn't
17: go to college. <laughs> All I wanted to be was a gym teacher. I had to work as a, a laborer. And then an iron work on a World Trade you Center. You built the damn World I, Trade Center. I had no money to go to college. So you know what I did? I worked hard every day. And I wish I had the intelligence of college and all that stuff. But yeah, then again, I think my intelligence smacked into my brain through my experiences. Of course. You can't go to school for no, life experience. No. And it's not a new chat crap. They ain't going to tell you nothing. Experience you cannot buy, Sid. I I'll agree. take a person with experience over anything. 18 PHDs. Me, too. me too. It's all what it's all about. And now we have the newest thing. The newest thing is when you go for coffee, they put a tip on it. 25% no, tip. No, they, they give you three different choices. 18%, 20%, and 25%. Where does it test? end? Come on. Where does it end? Come on. And I got to pay the piece. And then, s- then snaggle Bucky. Let's say it clearly. Bucky <laughs> Beaver, Bucky Bieber. <laughs> snaggle to She's blaming everything on uh, Airhead Como oh, for the bail reform. Hey, you're the governor now. Find your ball bag there. Snaggle to Again, slowly. Bucky Beaver. Let's not misconstrue what I'm saying, okay? And all I know is we started in Chicago. 25,000 to every black person in Chicago. This is what we're doing right now. What's that called? Reparation? Yeah. Where's my reparation? For my younger who got killed in a tunnel, building the East River Tunnel, the Midtown Tunnel. He got suffocated under there, and he died at an early age. Where's the reparations there? <laughs> for the For entire... What about my Jewish friends? What about my Hispanic friends? What about everybody? Stop this nonsense. Let's turn this country back around. Please, God. Please, God. Please. And Eric Adams, you are our mayor. Please, Eric. You look sharp. You look good. we got to do something. And you could be the king of this country. All we do is start New York with this federal law where we sent convicted felons who got loaded guns away federally for 10 to 15 years. This will go across this country. And you will be the hero. And you know what? I would be in there pulling that lever when you run for president. Okay? <laughs> but you got to clean this mess up first. <laughs> uh.
2: Seventy seven WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy seven WABC. Yeah.
8: Good stuff there, Bo Deedle. Been a great show again, right? Great show. Curtis Slewa Noam Layden, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle. Look like I'm missing somebody. I don't know why, but Curtis. Yeah, I got Curtis in there. Uh tomorrow big show, Geraldo Rivera. He has not been on this show, I don't think. Um God, maybe maybe ever. Because don't forget when I came back to New York in two thousand sixteen teamed up with Bernard to do the midday show. We replaced Geraldo, and it was a bit of an ugly exit for Geraldo, and the powers that be wouldn't let me and Bernie put him on, to be honest. And that, that kind of went away, but I don't think Geraldo's been on. And Geraldo was taken off to five last week on Fox News, and he said, okay, F you, I'm leaving the, the whole network. I'm, I'm out of here. And he quit. That was badass. Badass Geraldo. So he's going to join me coming up at 840, and he was very good to me. When I was in Florida, dying down there, (laughs) hanging out with uh, my friend Joyce Kaupman, who's a great talk show host, great, on FTL 850. And uh, Geraldo would come down and do shows on that station. He was friends with Steve Lappa, like I am. I think Lappa's at Newsmax now. Does something for Newsmax, I don't know. But anyway, so he he would come on my show in South Florida out of a shoebox. And he was a big-time guy at that point, Geraldo. And he was always good to me. Came up with the Super Bowl, which was in New Jersey that year when the Broncos, uh, the Seahawks, played the Broncos and sat on Radio Row at the Sheraton with Geraldo Rivera. And um, and um uh what was his name? Marty Berman. Was that his? Tim, you got it. He's a great guy, too. So Marty and Geraldo were very, very good to me. I've always loved Geraldo for that. But, you know, I took a picture with Geraldo at Janine Pirro's book signing party about two months ago that Katz put on John Katz with across the street. And every single comment was nasty. So I guess Geraldo, was he like a liberal voice on Fox News? I mean, is that, was that
9: the case, Noam? That's why he was brought in as sort of the liberal voice. So he's, I did He's that. a registered Republican, but I know oh, he, was, was,
8: he was a big Obama guy. And then, remember, you know, the, the day in Paris when ISIS was killing people everywhere? Right. His daughter was at the soccer yeah, game. Yes, she was. Right? And then all of a sudden, he wasn't so big on Obama anymore. You know, Obama would always—he would beg for forgiveness for, the, for basically for Muslims and terrorists—and tell you not to get angry. And all of a sudden, Geraldo wasn't so high on Obama after that because his daughter was missing for a couple of hours. But
9: he really was that guy, I guess, huh? Yeah. On Fox News. You know he's a he's an interesting guy because people see him as an ultra liberal from his early days, Eyewitness News. But um, you know he's a member of the NRA. Right. Uh, he's voted Republican, but he's definitely middle of the road. Okay. Because the comments are very nasty, but he's going to come on tomorrow, and then we've
8: got uh, Stephen Scalise, big time guy out of Louisiana. He's on tomorrow. Yeah, great show tomorrow. But I want to go to Jerusalem right now because standing by is a man that distinguished himself as one of our great local politicians for decades as an assemblyman there in uh, Borough Park, and I call him the king of the Jews because he is. Anytime there's an injustice, the first guy to yell and scream is my dear friend Dov Heikin, and he's in Jerusalem now, and he's upset with the president again, this time for getting involved, getting involved in the Israeli government, I believe. Let's get the lowdown live from Jerusalem from my friend Dove Hakeen. Good morning, Dove.
15: Good morning, Sid. Uh, well, thank you. What well, should uh, I say? Should,
14: Jerusalem. Yeah. Should I say?
15: Yeah. Should I say Boker Tov? Yeah, well, here it's in the afternoon. <laughs>
12: oh,
15: okay. Here it's uh, twenty-five after four. Beautiful, beautiful day. Beautiful breeze. Sun out. Blue sky. Like gorgeous, unbelievable. But uh, I got to tell you, I don't know the Biden administration. They don't have enough on their plate. They're busy teaching Israel how to be a democratic country as if Israel needs that education. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, you've had demonstrations here by literally tens of thousands of people. You know, they, they're against uh, what the government wants to do in terms of judicial reform. Fine. That's okay. You can demonstrate. You can rally day and night. Don't stop. Uh, but the American government is telling the Israeli government, uh, you got to respect democracy. People have a right to express themselves, Sid. That's exactly what everyone is doing in this country, to the point where the lives of the overwhelming majority of people in this country is being disrupted. You know, when I got to Israel just a short time ago, we couldn't get out of the airport, Sid. You know, we couldn't get a taxi to take us out of the airport because the streets were clogged with demonstrators. Now, they had a right to demonstrate. Did they have a right to close the airport at been brilliant so people couldn't catch flights and people arriving couldn't get to their destinations? I mean, would the Biden administration support the closing of major highways in Washington, New York, and other places so that demonstrators like Black Lives Matter, right? right. I mean, would they would that be okay? Would be okay to close the airport in Washington and Kennedy Airport in New York? Because we gotta let the demonstrators express themselves. What the Biden administration is doing is so freaking outrageous. It is so outrageous. There's nothing but democracy in this country. They had elections. And as we know, there are consequences, whether it's Trump getting elected or Biden getting elected. And, uh, you know, the Yahoo government wants to make some changes. People, a lot of people are against it. Demonstrate, rally, but don't disrupt everyone's life. I'm just a little confused,
8: uh, in that, you know, when we had our demonstrations and rallies here, for example, after the George Floyd murder, going back to the summer of 2020, they were violent. You know, much more violent than anything that happened on January 6th, by the way, much more violent. Burning down police stations, which is, uh, the, that's the real, uh, that's the real crime there that they, they claim January 6th was a crime. Uh, people getting murdered, people getting punched in the face, cops getting spit at. That was the whole summer of 2020. You're not experiencing any of that in Israel, are you?
15: Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, those demonstrations, the things happening in New York, as you are describing, uh, <clears throat> how many countries have lectured the United States in terms of American democracy? How many countries, the French, the British, Israel, did Israel lecture the U.S. on how to, uh, how to be a democratic nation, respected citizens? I mean, this is so one-sided, but it's part of a larger picture, Sid. It has a lot to do with the political left in Israel that uh, the Democratic Party in New York really relates to. It's really meant to undermine the Netanyahu administration. I mean, you see the articles by Thomas Friedman that America is reassessing its policy towards Israel. The beautiful thing is, Sid, it is a beautiful, as Trump says, it's a perfect, beautiful democracy here in Israel. And how do I know that? Look at the tens of thousands of people demonstrating. Just a couple of days ago, they closed down the airport. For God's sake, that's not okay to close the airport. Yeah, you can demonstrate, but you can't close major highways. If the FDR in New York was closed down, would the police say, you know, they have a right to demonstrate no, on so the FDR? Is, so, uh, so was it the
8: so it was the democratic wing? of the Israeli government that decided to shut all this down? Is that what you're saying?
15: Well, they are working with this group. It is uh, people like Lapid and others uh, who really want to bring down the Netanyahu government. Their real problem is that they can deal with this so-called, you know, I love how they, the media does this. They call it a right-wing government. What would you call the Biden administration? Would you call it a left-wing government? the radicals in the democratic party control the policies that control biden but that's really what it is all about you know the the parliament the knesset today is an overwhelming majority of people from the political right guess Mm. what they had elections right the people voted i know and and
8: i remember you know when uh, trump was running and even when he was president and the media talked about how david dukes loves him he's an anti-semite by the way his daughter, his favorite child, is married to an Orthodox Jew, and he's been to the, to Shul on the High Holy Days, Donald Trump. He did more for Israel in his first year in office than the six presidents combined prior. It's ridiculous to even say that even in jest. And then, is it, is it not ironic that the guy before Trump, Obama, BB couldn't stand him, the guy after Trump, biden bb can't stand him is that a coincidence or is there something wrong between those two guys and the relationship between israel
15: and america look donald trump understood it there's no question about it uh, donald trump wasn't better than just a couple of presidents prior to him he was by far the best president in terms of the relationship to israel since any president since 1948 i mean i've said it many times there's no one who comes in number two or number three Donald Trump is number one, number one, number one. No question about it. And I got to tell you, uh, Sid, at times like this, I miss the Republicans, and I even miss Donald Trump. Sure. When you see the Biden administration consumed with, they want to educate Israel on democracy. Give Joke. me a freaking right. break! Right. I couldn't, I couldn't get to <laughs> Jerusalem from the airport. For God's sake! <laughs>
8: oh my God! Well, that does go into this uh, this whole bowl of wax which was introduced to me by my friend Curtis Slewa. He's on this show every week. As you know, Dove, it's 7.05, and he loves you desperately. And he said to me, he said, you know, about two weeks ago, he said this story's not getting a lot of press, but Dove Hyken, who's been a registered Democrat his whole life and won many elections in Brooklyn as a registered Democrat, has switched parties And I said, i got to be honest, I haven't spoken to Dove, he's traveling, like now you're in Israel. I haven't spoken to Dove, but it doesn't surprise me because of how down he is on this administration and how much he enjoyed a lot of what Donald Trump did. So can you confirm and or deny right now that you have switched from Democrat
15: to Republican? So uh, we haven't publicized it in the sense that we haven't held a, a big event, which we will. But you're absolutely correct. You know, you reach a point, it's not about the Republican Party being perfect. Yes, Shawnee, my wife, myself, my kids, finally we said enough is enough. This Democratic Party is not the Democratic Party of my parents. My wife is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Her parents were lifelong Democrats. We decided – we need to send a clear and unequivocal message. It's not about one party being perfect and the other one being less than perfect. The Democratic Party has gone off, off the cliff. They've jumped into the ocean. They don't relate to me, to the communities that I represented, where I live. Uh, so I am proud to be a Republican and do oh everything God. in the world to help the Republicans. Oh my period. God. End of the story. Now, again, as I said, As you know this, as a Democrat through my 36 years in the New York State Assembly, I supported people like Giuliani when he first ran in 1988. I was a Democrat, and you know that for a Democrat to support a Republican, as an elected official, they come after you. You pay a price. But I did it proudly because, to me, it was always about who was the better person for our country, our community, Al D'Amato those are all people that I publicly supported at big press conferences. But you know, and this is enough. It is time. Well, uh, one for more than to you, say, look, we want to send a message to the Democratic Party.
8: Yes, and you're doing a, a, you're sending a big message. Two minutes ago, so uh, I was at Gracie Mansion. You know this, though. I contacted you about a month ago with Danielle. And it was the end of Jewish Heritage Month. And Eric Adams got on stage and he made this great speech. You know, we're sick of anti-Semitism. We're going to fight it. We care about the Jews. And then he comes out a couple of weeks later during some hearing where some nice little old lady is, is yelling and screaming about raising her rent. What do you expect? And he describes this lady as a slave owner, a plantation owner. And it turns out she's a Holocaust survivor. And he still, still has not made an apology. Your thoughts
15: on that from the mayor? Uh, My thoughts is the mayor should see a therapist. He should see a therapist? (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. Something is not right. when You can talk that way to a – I believe she was in her 80s. What was that all about? Something is wrong. Something is bothering Eric Adams. And, and, you know, it's not the first time and it's not the second time where he goes – completely off the rails and says the kind of things that are just not acceptable. And the one thing I have learned in my life, uh, Sid, we're all human. As great as we may think we are, we are far from perfect. And saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. is something that everyone should learn to do, especially the big boys.
8: Agreed. Hey, listen, uh, have a great trip, safe trip. And uh, thank you for a great conversation today and for making that uh, somewhat uh, unofficial announcement. Dove Hykend, I love you, pal. Thank you so much. And I want you in Jerusalem with me. I, mm. I'm dying to go. Me and my son Gabriel have to you. go We're gonna with you. Uh, we are going to make it I happen. We are going to make it happen, I promise. All right, have fun out there. There Thank he you, is, sir. the great Dove Hykend. And let me say this on the way out my friend, Republican Dove Hykend. Wow!
2: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sit and Friends in the morning. Friends, how many them? Friends. 77 WABC.
0: The heart is a blue. shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. It's a beautiful
8: day. Got a nice text back from number seventy-three about to be a Hall of Famer, Joe Klecko. Get Joe on one of these days coming up tomorrow. I'm kind of busy. I can't even get a, get him in tomorrow. I don't think. Right? Just we got like nine guests tomorrow.
16: Big day tomorrow. Big Friday program tomorrow, babe. Yeah. So maybe Monday or Tuesday for Cleco. He's going into the Hall of Fame, bitches. So is Darrell Revis. Who? So is Darrell Revis. So who's that? Oh, I see what you're doing here.
8: See what I did there? I'm old school, baby. I take it back to the 70s and 80s. Revis was a great player, great player. Then, of course, he did what every player did back then. He went to the Patriots. Because at some point, you got to win a Super Bowl with Brady and Belichick. That's what everybody did, right? LeBron James is staying. He is not going to retire. I know you're all nervous about that. Oh, Tom Sullivan checks in. I love Thomas. One of the great Sullivan brothers. There's a lot of them. Michael. I don't know if, of course, I'm with Mike Sullivan, but Brian and Danny and Timmy and Russ and Eddie, they have a bunch of brothers. But Thomas, of course, has won for office the last couple of times, and we heavily endorse Thomas. And he got a Democrat to endorse him last time. When he won, he beat Stacey, he beat, uh, Stacey Amato, but they rigged it. They stole it from him. Carrie Lake and Donald Trump complain all the time. The guy that really got jobs was Tom Sullivan. He really did win, and they stole it. But he got endorsed by Dove Hiking. at the time. He was still a Democrat. Now he's a Republican. Well, how about that? But uh, James, yesterday on the ESPYs, which nobody watches, said he's coming back. We're going to play this quick, our last uh, cut of the day. LeBron, he's going to stay a Laker cut number 16.
7: When the season ended, um, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. In that moment, I'm asking myself if I can still play without cheating the game. Can I give everything to the game still? Truth is, I've been asking myself this question at the end of the season for a couple years now. I just never openly talked about it. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. What a jerk-off. Geez, I mean,
8: just a complete yeah. a-hole. And the crowd erupts like, like what, I would, know, they, what like, would they oh, have done? thank God you're uh, what, what would we do without you, LeBron? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, don't get me wrong. Second greatest player ever. You can yell about Kareem. I know Dog does, and I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, it's Jordan LeBron. That's it.
10: Yeah, but the other, let's pick another great player. Would they... Act like him. No, when that's why left. he's. That's why nobody likes this guy. Did Bill, did Bill Russell do that? No. No. No 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 no, 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 no. It's a different time. It's a different still, time. But, but then again, Lewis, know.
8: just just to show uh, what a racist you are. No, black people weren't allowed to talk back then. <laughs> You're just mad that a black guy can talk.
10: They
12: can <laughs> I okay, guess okay. I don't know no, no, no. maybe LeBron's
8: no. a bad example of that? All no, right, no. we'll see you yeah. tomorrow.
12: Yeah.
10: Yeah. yeah, No, we yeah. hate LeBron. No. Oh, god, every si- if he blows his nose, he has to have a press well, right, conference. I know, yeah, yeah. 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 LeBron James, yeah, Great. you got all the points now. Go away, good for you, right? Go, go away, go away. Uh-huh. just shut up. He'll never be as good as Trent Tucker. I can tell you that. That's right, <laughs> try try hitting a three and then getting the foul. <laughs> That's right. All right, I think
8: now, am I gonna break now and go home? Is that how this is gonna work? Yeah. Yes. We're go out home. of time. Go go home, I, well, well, I, 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 how much could I possibly do? I don't know. You can get
16: more. into the whole goodbye spiel
8: now. Go, right,
10: go so that we can come back tomorrow. And okay, so we'll come
8: back tomorrow. we got a big show. Noam, you were great. Uh, that was a very funny bit today, Gnome, The uh, Gnome's Nuggets. Uh, Justin, you were great as always. And, Lewis, if you're a woman, I'd have sex with you. Well, we can arrange it
10: someday. Okay. Or it's I
11: 2023.
8: You're right.
10: Win. There's wig shops around.
11: <laughs> See the
12: tomorrow, folks. Peace.